Welcome to the BitGeek Podcast Show, Episode 1. I'm your host, Ron Avis, and with me is my co-host... Nick Wright, Jack of Some Trades, and amateur video game designer extraordinaire. You nailed the shit out of that, man. <laughs> I practiced very hard. Yeah, we rehearsed that a little bit. Um, from here, it's going to go straight downhill, but... Again, this is our first show, and uh, we're very excited, both of us, to uh, put some content out there on YouTube and and do this thing. Uh, it's going to be a uh, hopefully a weekly podcast uh, on video and audio. Uh, we're going to get the, a video or a, a feed soon, so that you can listen to the podcast on your your preferred method, whether it be through iTunes or or whatever. If you're Android, I used. Um, is it called pocket casts but all the, all the services or all, the service will be there so you can get it wherever you normally get podcasts um so yeah this is primarily a video podcast so we're here, here we are looking at you uh we're not the most comfortable people in front of the screen so this is going to be a bit awkward to start out with but um here we are we're just we're just jumping right in and when i came to uh when i came to you about doing a uh, show at first you were uh, yeah, what what were you thinking when I first said let's do a show? I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and I think I literally told you, "I don't talk." Yeah, I don't talk, and that's not a great <laughs> thing when you're talking about doing a podcast where like all you have is voice. But I mean, I, I thought you know it's probably good to try to do something out of your comfort zone. Totally. And ultimately decided, well, as long as it's something that I'm passionate about, that I enjoy, that I can talk about such things. So here I am. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, we're, we're just talking about things that we normally talk about. You know, whether it be face-to-face or like messing, you know, like texting back and forth. Uh, that, that's what this show is about. We're just going to put it to video and sound. We're actually yeah. recording it and documenting this. All the geek things that... Geek culture. That's, it's big... Right now, like, geeks are in. Used to get beat up for, and now it's popular. Yeah, the geeks the geeks are now the cool people. The geeks get the hot girl, and the geeks, well, the geeks always kind of had all the money. That's the nerds, though. The nerds had all the money because they had the brains to where, you know, they could get a good job. Like, they might suffer a bit through school. Back up a little bit, though. The geeks get the hot girl? I have not... That hasn't happened. Well, my wife is super smoking hot. Uh, oh, well. But that's, you know, that's... It worked for you. Yeah, it worked for me. <laughs> no, but no, it's like geeks are very popular. They're in, and like, maybe I'm just fooling myself if I say that sentiment. Like, the geek is <laughs> girl, Nick. Did you know that? I no, was, they don't actually I didn't know. get the memo. <laughs> what the hell? Aren't they just jumping into the boat for you, man? <laughs> Left and right? No. But they just don't know you're geeky enough, so this is probably going to change all that. Um, but no, yeah, I like, said, so like, hey, man, let's do this show. And you first said, I don't know, man, that doesn't sound like something I'd <laughs> Let me get in. back to you. Yeah. But uh, who, who was it that, like, or what was it that, like, changed your mind? Like, what, what uh, made you decide to go ahead and go, like, yeah, you wanted to get it out of your comfort zone, do something out of your comfort zone. But what was the thing that, like, made you say, yeah, let's do it for sure? I really couldn't say. Yeah, um... I don't know. Just that, like, I, you... Or did I just goat you enough to where you were just like, yeah, shut up, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that had to be it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. It seemed like something you really wanted to do, and 
uh, I don't. I, 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 I kind of want to say, and I don't want to say at the same time. I didn't want to let you down. That sounds kind of cheesy. Oh, thanks, but man. um, I, I, I mean, we we've been friends for a long time. Uh, just to kind of like clue you guys in on the relationship that Nick and I have, we've been pretty much best friends for let's see, twenty. Five. Can't do math in head. We met each other in how, the sixth grade. How old were we in the sixth grade? So in the sixth <laughs> grade, you're like, what, 12, 13, something like that. And now we're 40. Now we're 40. <laughs> we're old, man. We're so old. So 40, uh, then you take 13, 12. Uh, that's, uh, oh, my God, that's like 27 years. We've been friends for approximately 27 years. And uh, it ironically, or maybe not ironically, it was uh, it was uh, serendipitous that video games. There was a really geeky thing that kind of like brought us together. At least got us talking to each other for the first and, time. And I think it was Super Mario Brothers two. I think you're right, Nick. I think it was Super Mario Brothers two. Uh, and we weren't really talking about the game so much as it was. Uh, I had the instruction book. Those. Great little books that you know you used to get yeah. with most games. They, they don't come with games anymore. <laughs> You're lucky to get a single card now. They, you know. And yeah, if that, you don't even hardly get that anymore. It's ridiculous. I think I have. They might let you get like a digital instruction, like online, that you can like click through menus and. Get... Yeah, every, everything's just tutorialized nowadays. Like when you pop a game in, you get your hand held through the first <laughs> mission, which is. Tutorial. The instruction manuals were so cool because the the all the artwork and which is which is why I think the point that you were uh, getting to that yeah we could talk about how great art like you know the art the artwork of, of instruction booklets were but back to the point was uh, we we were you know both and we were both interested in the Mario I like to draw and Nick liked to and, draw and so I was always drawing Mario and so I wanted the instruction book to just draw all the characters that were in the book and so I saw I guess you had it at school and I'm like hey kid I don't know can I can I borrow your I don't, I don't even remember how it went down but oh I don't remember how it went down I remember the thing that it was Super Mario Brothers 2 was the manual can I and borrow that so I can draw it? Did you so, really come right out and say, "Can I borrow that?" Well, I, I'm Kids pretty do that kind of thing. I'm pretty sure I did try, uh, want to borrow it from you. Be like, "Hey, I'm and, Nick, and nice I don't remember. You. Can I have your? I don't remember if anything? I took it home or if it was just like drawing in class, and then I gave it back or something. Yeah, I don't like you know because I'm always doodling in class. Yeah, you were you were the class kind of like artist. You were so. The, you were the kid that all the other kids would come up to you and bother you to draw yeah. like Johnny Five. I'll, I'll give you a nickel to draw Chester Cheetah. A nickel uh, for a whole a, nickel. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Here. You yeah. know? <laughs> and I would get like a nickel or a dime here and there. But that's so cool, man. Like you, when you have a talent like that, it's easy to make friends. I never really understood why people wanted such things. Like, why, why do you want this like crudely drawn sixth grade drawing of... Chester Cheetah. Um, well, I guess when you think about it, you did. It's not like you could just print something out and have it, or it, just things weren't available to you. I guess if you had your own picture of Chester Cheetah, like you could do something with it, and but, then you had it. I don't know. I, for whatever reason, I specifically remember that one being like 
something somebody would ask for. Like there would be like Garfield. Oh, Bart, Garfield. Bart Simpson. One. Bart Simpson. I could actually draw Bart Simpson. And I was oh. I was a bit of an artist myself, but not nearly as good as Nick was. <laughs> I was a pretty crappy artist. I, for, until I met Nick, I was the kid who would be like, I'll give y'all, like, I wouldn't even get a nickel. Like, they'll just, like, I'll talk to you if you draw this spaceship for me or something. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll draw a spaceship for you. So that's that's what I did in class. Like, I would just doodle and daydream, and, and then, like, you know, you, you were like, hey, I'm draw that. And I guess that's but, how we became friends. We both liked to draw, and we were both interested in, in Mario. And it seemed to work with you and me, but... I never really forged the fin- friendships from the people that were paying me the nickels for. Well, I don't think I asked you to. You draw never did. For no, me. no, you never did. No, it, it was just me asking. I think for the instruction book, and then we found common interests from there. Right. And and that's basically. And then that. it's like um, spawns into the the uh, hey, can I spend the night kind of thing. And how does that even start? Does that, you know, do it do I say weird as an adult? But do, when you're a do kid, I say can I spend the night at your house, or do you say, hey, why don't you come and spend the night with me? We'll play. I'm some sure games. I probably approached you first first to like stay okay. the night. Like I, I, in my head, I would imagine that I would be the first one to be like, hey man, you want to come over and play some whatever game? Yeah, I'm not like even that. sure how that goes down anymore with kids. Like how, I'm sure they still do it. Oh, I know. oh, they yeah. absolutely do. Yeah. Or, or, or you could just Skype spend the night or something. Like yeah, that. No, no, they're like, mm. <laughs> like, why would you even uh, need to? There's no couch co-op uh, games anymore. So why stay the night over at a friend's house? It's part of the fun of staying the night as you get your gaming done. But everything online is like over. You got your headset. You're very individual. The screen is all your own. You're not, you know, multi, like, you know, splitting it up like in four squares. Oh, uh, Goldeneye, yeah, where you're all huddled around like the TV. A small, and, and not even like a high. The other person's screen. like you're cheating because you're looking at my corner of the screen to, oh, yeah. s- to see where I'm hiding. Even if you like didn't mean to like cheat, like your eye would always yeah. kind of wander <laughs> off. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> like oh, no, damn, I, I know where you are. I'm sorry, and I, then I can't I just help happened it. to find you. you. <laughs> Am I supposed to let you go? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop some proximity mines all around you and watch <laughs> you shoot each one one by one as I laugh. But but I think that that's that's getting a little far ahead. I think. Yeah, that's definitely um, Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about Super Mario. Brothers. Yeah, that's Nintendo sixty four, and I think we want to go. But we became more, friends. We we met more in middle school, and whatever for whatever reason, like it's been so long ago. Like I don't even really remember. I can only imagine what the thing was that you know connected us and kept us friends. But uh, going to the same school and being into art and video games were for sure the thing. And then you add things like Ninja Turtles into the mix. Yeah, which and, um, will really tighten our friendship. I don't know if it was. I, I think it was. It must have been you that got me into Ninja Turtles. I think you had. I was all bunch, in on those. You, turtles. You were all over the turtles, and that got me super interested. And I went and I got like the graphic novels and everything. You did you get the graphic novels after? As I was thinking, uh, like you had the graphic novels maybe before it became a phenomenon. I I, I think the '80s cartoon was already a big hit, and I sought them out. Gotcha. And because uh, it was like the collection of all the original comics, because I never got the original comics, 
but there were four graphic novels that were like the entire collection of all those, and I saw. And I remember those seeing those and like being so it, foreign to me after watching the cartoons. Uh, yeah, it was just like so hardcore. It was hardcore compared to the '80s cartoon. They all had the same color bandanas, I think. Like, yeah, were they all red. Like, they were all red. Was red. There wasn't like a party dude and a nerdy it, one and a. I mean, they did kind of have those personalities. Like Donatello, he he always was kind of the scientific one. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like so much like the 80s cartoon did, but they each definitely still had those personalities, but they didn't have the color differentiation. It was just really that the weapon. That was weapons. genius. Whoever like decided to come up with that, you know, like let's give them different colors. <laughs> let's so. color code them. So yeah, let's color code so them. So it's easy so for kids. And we can sell the toys much easier. And And while we're color coding them, let's put a letter on their belt. An L, an M, an R, They didn't have the letter D. on the belts? No. Even? No. no God, no. but it was just like four straight no. up very if, similar If they didn't groups. have their weapons, they looked exactly alike. But they always had the same weapons. It was and, always the same. Because even now, like with the, the Nickelodeon CGI one, say like it was black and white and the color is not an issue, they all look totally different. Donatello's tall... You know, Mike, Michelangelo's got, like, little freckles on his face. I've seen a few episodes uh, of... Raphael's got, like, a crack in his shell. They it, seem well done, but uh, without that, I'm just so stuck in my ways of the old 80s cartoon. I just... Even though one of the characters' voices is the same... Oh, it's the same voice actor, but he's a different character. Yeah, the voice actor who was Raphael, I think, is now either Michelangelo or Donatello. I think he's Donatello. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't I'm not I don't really watch it as much. Also, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the kid who had sex with an apple pie is Leonardo. <laughs> Jason oh, Biggs. Jason Biggs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's how like when it, like I, interviewed for the job. Like, hey, I, I put I put my penis in a pie. Can I be in a kids cartoon TV show? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's Jason Biggs. That's totally Jason Biggs. Is Leonardo? Is Leonardo? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Unless I'm wrong, and then you know, like somebody can like correct me in the comments and then crucify me. Like <laughs> you call yourself a geek, you don't even know the voices of the later television series. That you, you know, and I to not watching all that often. I'd like to watch that Nickelodeon series, and every now and then I'll look on like Netflix and like, do they have those yet? No, they don't. No, so. they don't. You can only get them on DVD too. Is the crazy thing? You can't even buy a Blu-ray version of that show. Really? That's true. Like. Unless they've changed things in the last year, which boggles my mind that you can't in this day get a Blu-ray version of something. Like That's DVD really... is the only way you can get it. And well, and is because I know I've seen a lot of times like these uh, cartoons and stuff. Is the DVD version like the first season, or is it just like this episode, this episode, like, like a, a handful, package, a handful of episodes? Ep- yeah. Um, I, that's a good question. I think it is actually the handpicked. Yeah, because see, that's you got you got to get the whole season. And but you would think, but by now in season whatever, like I'm sure they've done four uh, or five. They, it's been going on for a few years now, so yeah, yeah it's pretty far along. Still, still no Blu-ray. Because I, I don't, I've seen like toys. Like, what is going on in that yeah. show now? Yeah. Oh, and you know what's funny too is I've noticed that the toy line is taking all of the, it's going down all the same roads as the original toy line. Just making first. Just ridiculous, ridiculous. like backflipping Michelangelo. Yeah. And 
breakdance of Michelangelo where like it's just like a chunky version of Michelangelo that spins on his back. And like the mutating... Oh, I've seen like mix and match. You pull like their limbs off and put new limbs on. And Yeah, that's, that, I don't understand that at all. I guess kids like it. I don't know. I guess if you get bored with one configuration of turtle, you can always create a Frankenstein monster. Or like the the mutating ones, where it's like basically a transformer. They transform like into a big turtle. Oh yeah, and it doesn't look cool as a rope. Like as as a, in concept, it doesn't like work as a transformer, and it certainly doesn't work as a toy that you would want to play with as a ninja. <laughs> it's like they failed miserably on both fronts. I don't know why. I mean, it was like this with like the Batman toys, the Ninja Turtle toys, yeah, probably so, they, they, so they many get other that toys. Classic first like, run. You get like the normal figure, and that's good, and people like that. People buy that. And the then it's like now we need a gimmick. Yeah, we need a gimmick because people aren't buying the original. Like every kid's got the original, so uh, we don't have any more characters related to draw from. So we're just gonna just keep rehashing over and over. Let's do a Michelangelo where you can take his fist off and put a like a mace on the end of it and spin around really fast. Like, what? What's the point of that? What you like? You, you're gonna have that toy and you're gonna use that in what situation? <laughs> you're just like playing and then like, oh, Michelangelo and I'm Leonardo. I'm like, hang on a second. And then you reach over and like, no. If there was like some sort of like reason, like this happened in the in show episode, kind yeah. of thing, I right. get it. But they just come up with the crazy stuff. I like to go to the Target or someplace like like that, like every now and then, and just kind of look like, so what do they have on the shelves now? You know, I still do it too. I did it today, as a matter of fact. Did you? I, I, yeah, I was at Target and uh, I was picking up a few things, not toy related. See, I have a six year old, so like I have a bit of it. I never needed an excuse. To Let's be- I, when I'm there, it's like I'm looking at toys and I'm thinking like. Maybe I'm looking for my kid. You don't know. Oh, yeah. People don't know. Like, you know, they give you the look. They just probably assume that you're looking for your kid. You can use that. When you're 40, you can (laughs) use that. But, like, you know, like, I remember being, like, right out of high school, like, 18, 19, 20, and I'm still heading over to Toys R Us. We'd make whole, like, outings, like, get in the car and then drive to a mall, look through all the stores, go to another mall, look through all the stores. There's another thing that we did back in the heyday. And it... When, but when you uh, have Amazon, you don't need that anymore. When the Combiner Wars came back with the Transformers, like, what was it, like two years ago now already? A couple already? Of years ago, yeah. It was really, uh, really good it, series. It, like, brought all that back because it's like, I gotta have all of the limbs to make the Gestalt, the big one. Once yeah, again. I gotta have the big one. Yeah, and you, you could easily... And it was ridiculously hard to find them. I, I, I couldn't find them anywhere. It is hard to find them, and you can't help it like going to Amazon and picking up the pieces that you couldn't find. But it's I, I definitely try and find it in the wild first. That's that's what I wanted to do. I, I think eventually I bought now I know like with the Combaticons, I bought them online because I was just like I, I tried it with the Stunticons. I tried you I win tried, I tried. Retail stores. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I'm yeah. not missing this boat. Yeah, it was like so much wasted time yeah. trying to find these cars in Target or whatever Target. And you weren't hitting the WalMarts though, pal. The WalMarts had a lot of. We've got a Walmart now that they do seem so much better than Target. Yes. You, you <laughs> Walmart. We love you, Target. You're still open. Uh, yeah, because when because uh, there was that Walmart that had closed down, and then they 
like years later, made a super Walmart in the same place. Yeah, we used to and, work in that Walmart. Yeah, not at Walmart, and, but in a McDonald's. And, and so I I went there like for the first time, like you know, a month, few weeks, month after they opened, and uh, the the Transformers section was glorious. <laughs> Did it glow? It glowed. Did it, did it like, it, was there like a glorious There was hymn? like an angel, like, <laughs> and, Yeah, and uh, I, I didn't buy anything, but but the selection was great, because I'm so used to and going to... And that's why people, because everybody buys from Amazon nowadays, I guess. It's just cheap. Well, you don't have Prime. Like, I have no, Prime, I and you have literally, it is a lot of times cheaper with Prime, uh, and it's... I mean, I know you're just like me. Like, you still order a lot of stuff online. They'll bring it right to your door. It's awesome. Online shipping's here to stay for sure, and it's only getting easier. And even, like, Walmart's jumping into the fray. Like, they're putting a whole lot of money into their online service to compete with Amazon. Now we've gone into, like, online shopping. But, yeah, uh, I mean, you like, you know... But those you... toy sections that... To see, to see those toys that... And to see, like, nostalgia work and its magic and everything that was once cool is now back then is cool again our our moment has come and is probably on the tail end you know like i, I think like things like power rangers are starting to see their their day they're yeah, having their it, moment again yeah with this movie that came out i, I haven't seen it I but never once I, saw an episode of yeah. power rangers then well i am not interested in i mean no we no were in high that. school i think true, when true. when it came out and and we were i probably a little bit old to well, even that's really the be thing into, because like, there, there was a guy there was a guy at work that he would ask me, like, are you excited about that Power Rangers movie? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll see it eventually, but probably on, you know, video or whatever. As a movie enthusiast, up. you're yeah. like, I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, it's probably fun, you know, whatever. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, but he is a little bit younger, and so he's just, he's super excited about it and all about it because he grew up with it. And I'm like, well, I was in high school when it came out. So, you know, I, I caught it. Coming home from school, I'd watch it, but it wasn't, you know, I wasn't, like, a super fan about it or anything. Right. And it was surprising for me to find out, really, that Power Rangers really never went away. In between, like, all this time. Well, it's because there was pretty much always what Whether it was, like, I don't even know, like, all of the different ones. Power Rangers, Turbo. Yeah, you're Power right. Rangers, there were a lot of iterations whatever. of Power Rangers. Where they weren't, but, like, Tommy the Green Ranger. And like, Ninja Turtles. Like, Blue Ranger guy. Like, they weren't the same guys. They would kind of, like, Saturday Night yeah. Live. There'd be a new yeah. generation yep. of Power Rangers, like, every so many Ninja seasons. Turtles, it, it kind of died off yeah. for a little bit. And, and now it's come back. Yeah, it came, in the it late came back a few times, yeah, you know, because there was that uh, they they did the new cartoon series like uh, early two thousands or something. Yeah, I think CBS and, uh, had a Saturday morning. Version. That that was like the first big like Ninja Turtles is coming back. That's yeah. so cool. I think and, enough time like and then there was like though. like it really didn't seem to catch on, did it? Was but, it was it maybe like the CGI movie that came out after that? Yeah, and, well, and then the Nickelodeon yeah, come CG show. It, yeah, I, I liked it. Oh, it was it was different because there was like there was no shredder, you know, and and they kind of picked it up like it continued off of the original live action three movies because there was like that scene I think it was in the end where you could see like that uh, scepter. Or yeah, whatever, shredder that had that shelf. The, the third, yeah, splinter. Not splinter, sure, splinter. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, had, just hand over my geek card. Right had, now. <laughs> had, had, I was a huge Turtles fan. Oh, I can't believe I like yeah. that. So, so they they were kind of showing that 
this was in like the universe of like those original movies. And so that was neat. It was kind of a continuation. And uh, Geeks love continuity. Absolutely. That's why the new Ghostbusters movie failed so hard. No <sighs> continuity. We, Learn your lessons, Hollywood. We won't. We won't. <laughs> That's a whole other show. Yeah. Uh, True. I'm sorry. I take it. Let's rewind and not bring Ghostbusters into this. Not this time. Maybe may, another, maybe may another they rest show. in peace. Although I hear... R.I.P. Harold Ramis. I hear rumors that there may be like... I don't know if it's CG or like an animated thing maybe coming. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, but I, I don't. Have... I don't think the property is dead, and there's comics. The I, I really like the comics too. Yeah, there's comics a, have definitely. I, IDW definitely... makes a Ghostbusters comic. That they do a good it's, job. They do. I, I really enjoy their Transformer versions of it's, the comics yeah. that they brought out. Yeah, and I really enjoy that too. And I kind of, I kind of stopped reading that, and I'd, I'd like to get into it again. But it's, you know, when you have kind of like missed something for so long, it's hard to get back on. Yeah, it's kind of like. You know, you need something... Because now there's so much to catch up on. And it's it's That's overwhelming. That's like playing a video game sometime, like Zelda right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Like I haven't played in a while. Yeah. I've been distracted by other games. So, like, now... Life happens. Life happens. And so now you want to go back and beat this game or whatever. But where did I leave off? Yeah. I have no idea what's going on I was, now. I was really, like, just chugging along. And, like, I had all... You know, I defeated all the beasts and... We're talking about Zelda Breath of the Wild, in case you weren't following. Oh man, I, I'm talking about like old games that have like. You know. Oh, you're talking about the uh, classics. Well, like like, like you know something like on like or PlayStation or some I don't know that I haven't played in like years. You know, with Zelda's case, it's only been like what a month. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tend to find out if I don't beat a game if i don't stick with it i get distracted and then i let some time pass and then you got distracted i get distracted a lot you know like i'm like a humongous switch whore right now i'm buying up every single switch game that comes along i know the rest of the world has beat zelda breath of the wild by now a lot of people have but i have not and and i've been slowly plugging at it and i'm happy with it i you know i mean i'm going at my pace you spent a lot of time screwing around with those. What are they? Boglins? Not Boglins. Bokoblins? Bokoblins, yeah. That, oh, yeah. Well, just finding. Torturing Bokoblins. Bokoblins? Yeah, Bokoblins. I don't know. Oh, whatever. Lizalfos, Bokoblins, Moblins. Goblins with. with, uh, with bad like, guys. Bad guys and enemies and so <laughs> Yeah, like when you see like the camp of the bad guys and you're like. Where's a uh, where's a boulder I can roll yeah. down on them? I'm gonna like get chop down a tree quest. and push a log down onto them. Or, yeah, I how, agree. That's how fun. can I get him pushed onto the campfire? Or but that's why it's gonna take you 150 to 200 hours to beat a game is because you spend so much time. <laughs> Screw it. I'm I'm well over. 150, I think. Now. Oh, you're a wow. I, I'm, yeah, I, Jeez, I haven't really... when I was way ahead of you? Yeah. Like and, 70 and, hours? Yeah, and you're like around 75. Yeah, and, I, yeah I'm... You've doubled my time. Oh, my God. You're, you, man, you're like 
posting away too, like with the image sharing us every that's every fun. night. It is fun, I, but you're not putting captions though. Like I not. know because that's you're missing out on a lot of the. Fun. I don't you put know. A fun caption. I don't Make know a meme. Say. Well, there was there was that one that I thought I should have because I even I said something like when I took like what picture. was going on in that picture? Like a caption would have been great. Where like you were like looked like you were dancing with some lizard guys. Or yeah, something. I you just lizard I just got on. yeah. There was like a Lizolfo mask. And so, like, I put it on because I, I suspected if you wear this thing, maybe you can just, like, wander into their camp and they won't even care. And so I put the thing on and I just, like, walk up. And, and they get, like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> they start yeah. checking and, you out. Yeah, they're, like, they're just, like. and they, I could tell you guys were getting down in like that Like, four of them, like, were surrounding me. And I'm, like, one's licking on me. And he's just like, damn, that's hot. because <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I mean, it, he wasn't like actually looking on me because they got like that animation where they just do their tongue every now and then. But, sure. but yeah, they're all just kind of like, what's this guy doing? And it was it was weird to see too because just how much how bigger they are than Link is because yeah. he's like this scrawny little guy. Oh, he's like the little just like little looking brother. up at him. Like, just little brother what's guy. up, guys? <laughs> yeah. We're gonna talk a little bit about Alien Covenant, and uh, I know for you uh, and myself, we were both. You introduced me to the Alien movies. I'd never seen them. The that, Aliens, that, right? It the was what, um, well. Honestly, I don't remember which we yeah, saw Yeah, I remember first. you being at my house, and like it came on, it was on cable, and we both watched it, and we were probably, I, not, we probably shouldn't have been. But I'm pretty sure that we, I saw both of Alien and Aliens at your house, hmm. but I don't know which was first. So because your parents wouldn't go for that, they would never allow Well, I don't know if it was really, I mean, yeah, I mean, probably, Probably? Yeah, but, but, I mean, it's not, I can't they, see like, they never really, like, said, don't watch this, but it just wasn't something I ever did, and, I mean, you know, I always kind of liked monsters and stuff like I, most, I think, boys do, and so it was, you know, it's like, hey, let's watch Alien, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it didn't hurt that it was one of the most kick-ass alien, like, action movies, Alien slash action slash horror movies ever, you know. But I mean, I that just, movie came out in 1986, and by the time we saw it, it was probably a censored cable version, I imagine. Creatures are cool. Creatures are cool, and we we, we have we've seen just about all of the Alien movies together. I know we've seen Resurrection. I know Alien when Resurrection came out, we went and saw that in the theater. Yeah, Alien three. We went and Alien saw like all the worst ones in the theater. <laughs> Right. Together. Um, yeah, because at three, I, I I don't remember at what point. I mean, it was it might have been with you also. I don't know. But, might have been. Um, and it was, it was decent enough in its own right, but it gets a bad rap. As a follow-up to the it first two It was certainly movies, better than four and... Yeah, four and the the Versus movies were for sure a bit of a letdown. Uh, I, I actually, I liked the first Versus movie fine. I just had I mean, a it problem was, with some of the edits in the movie. It was fun. I mean, yeah, and it, I mean, the, really, I guess my biggest gripe of like the first Alien versus Predator was just the uh, the speed of uh, the face huggers and you know for the alien to come out because it's like okay, we got to hurry this up. We can't have like you know a full day passing. That, that that seems to be something that the the filmmakers can never agree on is the yeah, length of time that it actually takes to it. grow an alien and hatch like cuz that that certainly was a case 
in Covenant as well. Yeah, we'll talk about Covenant for sure. But like <laughs> you said, we 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 did, but we we kind of both watched you you we watched all the Alien movies together for the most part, and we pretty sure we we saw Prometheus, didn't we? Um, you know, I honestly don't remember if we saw it together in the theater. But you I, like I think Prometheus, we did. though, but, right? You yeah. were in the camp of I yeah, like Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the biggest gripe people had with it was that they wanted what they knew, and Prometheus didn't give them the uh, recognizable alien stuff. Which, But I, I was eating it up because there was so much recognizable Oh, you know, you the the derelict spaceship and the engineers and stuff from the it original. Really did it brings all that stuff from like what was it seventy? What year? Seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah. All that stuff from seventy nine. Like the, it just brings uh, H, all that back. The, was it H H Geiger or H R Geiger? The, H H R H R Geiger is brilliant. Man. Um, the guy and he's passed away now, so he he was unable to do the uh, the uh, the art and the set and the look of the uh, Covenant. But with Ridley Scott, they you know. They didn't really need to do a whole lot of the, the H.R. Geiger stuff. Really, wasn't necessary other than the, the ship that they traveled on. And yeah, David I mean, and, that's and, uh, that's Dr. what Shaw. I like so much about it, and that eventually it would tie together with mm-hmm. what we recognize. And and I think because of those complaints, they sped that along with Covenant. Yeah, when they had Covenant so. come out, I think. Ridley Scott kind of like had his hand, you know hat in hand. It really bothers me because he's he's even kind of come out and apologized for Prometheus and how it disappointed a lot of people. Which I say stand by the movie because it's uh, it's a I, great I like movie. It. It's it's a really neat science fiction movie that just happens to have alien lore baked into it. Yeah, and if you take it for that, it's a really cool movie. And there, it has its problems like most movies. It's 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 not as good as like Alien Aliens. Like Alien Aliens is like way up there. It's so good. Yeah. And then no, I think Prometheus and Covenant stand somewhere in the middle. They're both better than average. They're good movies. And as a as a as 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 a pair of movies, they go well together. They go together just fine. And then, but then you got all that garbage like Resurrection, Alien versus Predator, all that stuff. <laughs> like, it's it's like it was the movie of the week. It was very. Popular. I don't even hardly remember what even happened in Resurrection. Oh, it was. They they I get like DNA. Yeah, I get the point of it. Like yeah. somehow they got Ripley's DNA. Somehow cloned uh, Ripley. Yeah, she, she fell into like molten like lava steel. I mean, and obviously they got the, Terminator the DNA scenario. at some point when she was impregnated with the alien. So somehow I don't know how they got DNA from Ridley uh, from from uh, Sigourney Weaver. But that's family. all I remember is that they had aliens. Because, she was back as a clone because they cloned them, and yep. she was back, and they break out, and yeah. Then there were like there were like these kind of like scavenger like bandit types, you know, it, it, like, where they had. Um, uh, Ron Perlman was one of the guys, and then they had uh, Winona Ryder was the android in that. Ver- like they were, they were like a ship of. of I don't even really remember. Oh, like you said, it's call, very forgettable. Call the android. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, very forgettable. There's no point in even rehashing it. <laughs> they sold it. It was supposed to be the big uh, comeback for the Aliens franchise. They actually got Sigourney Weaver to be in 
totally forgettable. Probably not a horrible movie for the time. Well, I'm sure we came out of the theater like, somewhat. We were happy to see an alien movie. The newborn was like... <laughs> so weird. It was really... Yeah, there, there was like a, like a mother alien with a womb and it had birth. Like, it actually had a womb. Like, it didn't... It was like the first alien that didn't have to explode out of some, like, a host. Yeah, I didn't even really... I remember watching it in the theater and, like... I think... What's going on? It was odd. But then the Alien vs. Predator movies came along. Very fan... Very... You know, like, it was demanded by the fans. It took them years to do. They did it. It made a good chunk of money. Came out... It was cool, you know, to see the two together. It's neat to see a Predator fight an alien. Yeah. I can give them that much in the movie. The Predator and the Alien looked really cool. And when they fought, it was neat. It was just like the story holding it all together wasn't so good. <laughs> and, and like, you know, the the human uh, heroine teaming up with the Predator. Like, yeah, that ain't going to happen. Bro fist in it. Like, <laughs> that was cool. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, but Covenant, you know... It's it's a good movie. I'm recommending. I, I think people should see it. It it does a it, it's a Ridley Scott movie, and he's going to handle it with respect and care. So it starts out with David the Android and Waylon, a bit younger, um, much younger mm-hmm. than when we see him yeah, in the he was first Prometheus quite movie. Old and Prometheus, and he's sort of talking to David about you know humanity and meeting his maker and. He even, like, it's revealed that David gets his name from Michelangelo's David. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the, you know, that... I could see where they were going It was like he that. named himself. You he know. did kind of, like, see the Michelangelo. So goes, like, I think I'll call myself David. My name's David. It had that feel to it. Yeah. But um, it almost... It felt like there was a bit of a grudge that David, from the get-go, held against Waylon and humans because he yeah. As soon as he was like, tea. "Well, you're gonna die," get my tea. Yeah, he was like, "Get my tea, bitch. Get my tea, boy." And <laughs> it was almost like the scene played out like that, and David pressed yeah, the and block. It was like as soon as tea. that happened, as soon as it was like, "Get my tea," David's like, "Oh, that's how it's gonna be." Oh, okay. I see how it is. Okay. Fine. Here's your tea. I'm gonna murder all of humanity. Bitch. We'll see how things go from here. <laughs> Anyway, so it starts out. Uh, yeah, with, and then it cut to the uh, the, covenant the covenant ship. ship. Yeah, the covenant <laughs> ship. I mean, you know, it starts out with the bang, literally. You know, the new version of David Walter, um, who I guess is supposed to be a little bit less human uh, and a little more. Yeah, because he's a newer model, but they decided that. Having these uh, emotions is a dangerous thing. People didn't like it, they apparently. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. So we're gonna make you more robot-like. Yeah, yeah. You your so. model makes humans uncomfortable, so they made my model. And then you know, they they had that whole scene like a show showdown later in the movie where like android where they, well, first they were like brothers, and then you know they of course had a fight at the end. But so you got Walter, and you know they're. As you do in the future when you travel long distances, you go into hypersleep. Everybody's in their like little chambers, and then there's something happens. Yeah, every alien movie you got to go into hyperspace or hypersleep rather. I'm sorry, and uh, and the androids running the ship basically while everybody sleeps. Yeah, he's bored out of his mind, running the ship, doing the day to days, but he's not going to complain because he's a you know he's an appliance. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to do what he's told to do. And like within seconds. Huge explosion yeah, out of nowhere, like, and 
And then poor James Franco gets toasted. <laughs> the funny, Barely in the movie. The funny thing about that, I mean, and I guess it's because he's an android, but it's like, he didn't even, like, take quick action, like, retract the, the sails, you know, because they, they, they had put out those... Uh, yeah, the computer mother was letting Walter know that there was a major malfunction going on. If something didn't happen soon, they were probably going to lose the ship. They so had Walter the solar panel fast walk his way. <laughs> he didn't even fast walk. He's just like <laughs> kind of shanters. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of started walking toward. And 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 really, I don't even know where he would have been walking to because he just would say just you know ver- verbally yeah, these commands. To well, there was like the artificial intelligence that retract was the solar panels so the explosion doesn't destroy them. Well, all. he was he was hurrying to that area because he had to put out the fires. I guess that they. Uh, was being caused. I guess the first thing he did was um, get the wake up out. the crew. Yeah, wake up the crew. Yeah, they emergency couldn't... wake up. So there's the emergency wake up, and then one of the crew members doesn't. There's a malfunction in his pod. He burns alive. Yeah, uh, poor James Franco. Poor James Franco. I was so looking forward to a uh, Danny McBride James Franco Pineapple Express reunion, but it didn't happen. You know, too bad. Uh, so yeah, they, everybody's. They, they they take care of the crisis, to, you know, and so they're waking up like six, seven years earlier than expected, mm-hmm. and uh, just so happens the crew member that dies is the captain, uh, so they get a new captain, yeah, Billy so, Crudup's character, who I couldn't stand at all, yeah, very unsure of himself, so very conflicted, insecure. yeah, that whole. Right off the bat, his his wife is like reassuring him. He's barely been a captain for like ten minutes. Yeah, it's like, you're okay, yeah. honey. You're gonna do a good job. You're not gonna mess up. What a whiny. And, and he, immediately he's making decisions that makes everybody mad at him. But he's like, I'm the captain, and that's the decision I made. Don't question it. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's now really. We want to have a funeral for this guy. For the original captain. Our friend. No, no funerals. We must immediately repair the ship. I'm the captain, and I say this is what's going to happen. Yeah, it's very, very childlike. But he's trying to assert his... his and, and he watches him, like, shoot uh, James Franco's burnt corpse into space. And oh, right. They're having a, they're having I, a little yeah, ceremony. Yeah, they have their little drink in his honor. and he, Very touching. They directly disobeyed my order. What an ass. So, <laughs> anyway, so that apparently there was this ghost transmission, and the ghost transmission uh, is sending out... I, we didn't talk about this after the movie, but how Tennessee, Danny McBride's character, was able to make out that John Denver song from that... Uh, yeah, I wasn't hearing it. I wasn't hearing it either, but, but apparently he, they discover that this ghost signal is human because of the John Denver because song. Because they recognize... A John Denver song of all things, yeah. in what year is this? Like twenty one. Good point. Yeah, that that song is centuries old, basically at this point. But, but anyway, <laughs> his name is Tennessee, and by God, in Tennessee, you're gonna know some John Denver. By God. Uh, so anyway, so they they're very excited to find out the origin of this uh, signal. They discover it's coming from. A planet that is very much similar to the planet they were originally supposed to go to. They were seven years away from. It was supposedly uh, a habitable planet. And the new captain is going to make an executive decision. He wants to check this planet out. But no, it's too good to be true. 
says Daniels. Oh, Officer Daniels, the 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 strong female lead of the movie, basically. Uh, she she opposes him right away. Uh, she does not think it's a good. But idea. not openly. In know, private, she yeah she goes to private and says, "Hey, I don't think this is a good idea." Yeah, she protests. She she officially says, "I am." I want it to be on record. Exactly. I want it to be on record. Yeah, but she doesn't do it in front of the crew. Right. Yeah. Uh, of course, Billy Crudup takes that. Uh, I don't even know his name. He's going to call him Billy Crudup. <laughs> he takes it personally, like, mm, on record, okay, you can't just trust me. Fine, on record. It's like you were just being a little, like, by the books bitch a minute ago, and now you're going to, like, take it personally if I go on yeah. record. Anyway. Anyway, so they decide to check it out. So here we go. We're, we we all know as viewers that this is where things are going to get hairy. They they split up the, the team. A uh, handful of crew members going to go down and investigate. They take a little ship down to the surface and uh, run some tests, I guess, with them. like without helmets oh, yeah, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the first thing, let's uh, let's park it in the water. We'll park it in the water where there's for sure bacteria and everything. I was immediate. My first thought was, like, I, I thought the water was deep. You know where they parked it, and they yeah, just it looked like, like a lake. Didn't they it? just walked out. They're just wading, just you know, up to their ankles. Yeah, I don't know how they and, knew that they weren't just gonna. Sleep. Yeah, how did they know? <laughs> and they just like walk out there without even any masks. I guess we're just on. supposed to understand that it, their technology is so sophisticated. Yeah, because the computer said that it's good, so we're just gonna stroll on out, walk in the park. And I guess our sensors said that the water is only a few inches deep, so. So we even though it's true they don't have to suffocate worry, immediately. Don't have to worry about any wildlife jumping out and eating us or anything, I guess. So sure no sensors say killer that pathogens too. are going to uh, pop up. And yeah, uh, because, yeah, the computer must tell us everything except the, uh, the spores, that, uh, killer spores that we might breathe in. Look, it's, these people are stupid. <laughs> they, they have to be stupid in order to get this plot moving along. They have to do stupid things to get these aliens a-rolling. All right, so the team splits up. Half goes um, half goes up to... Well, I, now I can't even remember. Like I remember they split up. Like Half went to look well, for the signal the, uh, the ship. The Captain Number Two's wife wanted to... Collect some samples. Yeah, stare at some dirt or something. And so uh, she, the, the rest were going towards the signal, towards... The ship. Right. Captain's the, the wife and another ship. soldier guy. Yeah, yeah. So you stay with her and gonna, the rest of hang out and, and, and you know, we'll all meet back at whatever time. They're already doing the cardinal sin of splitting up. <laughs> you know that's a bad sign. Yeah. Alright, so not a few minutes in goes by, we see a dumb soldier guy who's stayed behind with the captain's wife, steps on something, the spores fly up, go right into his ear, and boom. Yeah. Now he's, he's get, infected. He's going to have a very bad day. Doesn't know it, no. but he's infected. He's infected, and then search party number two to check out the... Um, they the find the ship. Signal. They do find the ship, and then here's our... Prometheus find the source of the, uh, of the distress signal. Yep, they find the ship that we see uh, Shaw and uh, David flew off in at the end of Prometheus. That ship has crashed, and they find that ship with nobody in it, but... The, uh, the the life forms on the planet have basically taken the ship over. Like 
like there's more of those spores. Yeah. Another guy, another dumb another guy that's like, infected. Like puts his hand in it yeah. on it, you know, trying to prop himself up or something, climb up on something. He breathes in the alien. So he crap. breaks it and and the little spores fly out and he breathes it in. So like right off the bat, like two out of the seven or eight people are <laughs> just dead. They're not going to last much. Doesn't even know it yet. And, you know, no, know nobody it. seems to to see the spores. You know, they they're made very clear for the audience to see, but yes. I don't. Nobody else seems to think, even like, see it at all. Yeah, they don't even it. know. They're invisible, but we like you said, yeah. we obviously see it fly into yeah. them and, and do its thing. Um. So right off, so things are about to get hairy really quick. They they find the ship. They're looking through the ship. They're trying to find the signs of the signal. They don't. Uh, pretty much at this point, uh, dumb soldier guy number one is Starts starting like to get really sick. Hacking and wheezing. Yeah, he's coughing up blood, and number two's wife is like, we gotta get you back to the mid-bay. Uh, and that's where we have uh, Tennessee's wife, who's looking after the ship. She's a little bit freaked out right away, because she's actually smart. Yeah, well, because <laughs> we just landed on this alien planet, all of a sudden you're sick. Something bad is going down. Yeah, so she's actually sort of smart. Like, she knows, like, this is not a good thing. You're bringing a sick guy. Like, we've been on this planet all of 20, 30 minutes, and, like, now you're rushing back. <laughs> this is not a good thing. Coughing up blood, this guy. You can't even walk on his own. Quarantining this guy. Right. So they actually make it back to the ship first, and the dude's in bad shape. Well, he spits up some blood. Uh, Tennessee's wife sees this, freaks out immediately. She's, like, already thinking, like, well, I don't want to be so she shuts the, she puts him in like the med bay set on a table. David leads him back to what apparently was the city of the uh, engineers. This kind of uh, last great city of the engineers where they were supposed to go and find uh, Shaw and, and David, I mean. You know, and, it, and it's kind of shown in the uh, like flashbacks that he, that David has. Um, exterminated the yeah, engineers. Yeah, when, when you see the city, it's very much in ruins. Like, you see ash... But, you know, I mean, that's one city in, like, this whole planet. I don't believe for a second that that's so, the last we'll see of the engineers. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you... Uh, it was a like it'd be like going to Earth. I, I don't and know if we're supposed to believe taking out New York City. There's still other cities on the planet. Yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to believe because obviously, I mean, they they can't just like congregate in like this one city, and that that's like the entire race. Yeah, no, especially if they had expanded across so many universes like they have. And I think that's kind of what we're meant to believe, but I don't believe for a second that that could be the case. But anyways, this city isn't it's. It's been destroyed, and David's the sole survivor of this city. And like you said, we do get to see a flashback where, you know, like, well, what the hell happened between with Shaw and uh, David? Like, did they actually get to the city? They they show that in a scene that neither, I don't think anybody was super you know, excited yeah, or happy you know, with. I'm kind of wondering, like, because it's like in, in that flashback scene, he's hovering the spaceship over directly over the center of the city where, where he unleashes like the, engineers the bio weapon they home. They, it seemed like there was a celebration yeah yeah because they're they're like oh the uh oh, the, they're home the, the guys from whatever expedition came back 
and this is great. And wait, what? Who? What? Who's this guy? He's unleashing the bioweapon. Oh yeah, Everyone he opens run. the bay doors, and, like, and nobody has time to react. He just drops like. But so then, but my question is, so you know, okay, he was in control, right, at that point. Yeah. So how did his ship end up like seemingly crashed over like where? Now he tells the, the Covenant crew found it. David tells the survive uh, the, the crew. He, he tells them that he crashed, but yes. we kind of later find out that that's... So was that all a ruse? I mean, like, was that like his plan all along? Like, okay, now that I've exterminated this city of engineers, now let me go fake crash the ship so that if somebody eventually happens to come by, like I don't know, ten years later, that I can tell them that oh yes. I was with Dr. Elizabeth Shaw, and we crashed, and she died in the crash. And, I mean, was that, like, all planned that way? Yeah, things were kind of coming together as a movie very quickly, and the explanations were told, but I don't know if they were the best. Uh, I'd like to think that somewhere out there, there's a cut of this movie that's better than what we saw. Like, an extras, maybe fill in some holes here or there. But, David... We still don't know that David's clearly a monster. Uh, no, yeah. The crew doesn't know. Yeah, he right now tell. he's just their savior. They're very happy not to be like eaten alive out yeah. in the wild. Uh, David befriends Walter because they are a commonality of Andrew. Kin, he's a so kid. to speak. Right. And then slowly you start to see like the true David come about. He, he tells the story in flashback form to Walter that uh, that Shaw was, you know, she she puts him together, back to his head back on a body, kind of like cares for him, and it, yeah, David it, was very affectionate towards uh, Shaw. Yeah, I mean, because he actually had says that he loved Shaw, mm-hmm. and uh, but she, in in his words, unfortunately crashed. She was killed was in killed crash. in the crash. Yeah, and they were even standing over like a grave marker. Yeah, and that that, that kind of leans very... that, that goes back to my question like before like so then did he like purposefully crash and so then it's like the same thing so because okay, spoiler we find out that he killed Shaw yeah. to experiment on yeah. with the bio weapon he loved but, Shaw but she was so so why why then did he even like put like this headstone marker. For like a grave site. Yeah. David is a very complicated character, to say the least. Why, why would you do that when there's like nobody around? Mm-hmm. You don't even know when somebody might come. I mean, yeah. I guess... I, I, obviously, Shaw is the one that had created the distress signal. Mm-hmm. And, and he kept that going, I guess, in hopes that somebody would eventually come and then he's got new toys to experiment with. It's not clear if Shaw actually did die in the crash or if she maybe or maybe she did die well, and he used her biology. You know, and yeah, maybe she did die in the crash and then he was just using her body. There's exactly. an autopsy yeah. like scene we see later in the in the movie where uh they just one of the I guess it was Daniels kind of finds or maybe no, it was this it was the captain, wasn't it? The so I guess yeah, I guess it's not clear if he Killed her, but it is clear he experimented on her. Yeah, yeah he was he was, he loved her enough to uh, create a grave marker for her, and he spoke of her in such 
uh, affection. Well, was. okay, but we know though that they didn't really crash. We see him hovering. Yeah, you safely, don't see crash in the flash safely over the city. He unleashes so the after that weapon. point, did he not know how to land? And so, like, okay, now what do you do? How do you put this yeah, thing down? Ships and so they can land themselves. I mean, almost. I mean, the autopilot and stuff. Well, no, you always see a pilot land, maybe. So, kind of, Shaw's fate is kind of in question. Yeah. She does die. She's definitely somehow. better than Dornell, and she and he does open. experiment on her. He, he has these drawings in a book that he kept, where he was. It was almost like uh, there was like tubes to Shaw's or a female's mouth. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I took it to be Shaw. Yeah. Where, I mean, it's very confusing. It, uh, it was kind of reminiscent of like the face hugger, the way that the face hugger would um, impregnate the yeah prey. Exactly. So, moving further along, uh, David brings number two captain down into this like little room where David had uh, kind of like oh, in fact, even in that same scene, there was another drawing that there it was straight up. There's a face hugger drawing. Yes, there was a face hugger. So David had been a busy boy. He had somehow managed to create life uh, in in the way in the form of these uh, pods that we're very familiar with. In an alien movie, you always have these pods. It looks just like the pods we always see in all of the alien movies. Alien eggs, where it splits open. You see the like you know embryo like mucus stuff and the tail kind of whip around and then it jumps out and, and attaches itself to its prey. Same thing happens in this movie. Yeah. Captain so, number two gets lured down by David. But yeah, and David even like tells him, "Oh, look in. It's completely safe." <laughs> it's really funny. Like it's <laughs> it's almost it's hilarious as a viewer. You you know what's happening, and I don't know how like this guy could possibly. I guess he trusts him. And this is even he's after seen, the scene where he shoots the alien that we didn't even. Yeah, talk about. because he's seen. Oh yeah, we did totally skip he that. He was very. He seems he to already be like. Very cautious and like, what is this guy up to? Yeah. Yeah. He clearly didn't know the full. Go extent ahead and of look it. in. It's completely safe. Okay. Bam! You know the alien face hugger comes out, wraps its tail around the throat. Egg is deposited. We know the deal. Uh, a couple seconds later, uh, <laughs> David's or yeah, David is throwing rocks. Well, yeah, and and this is where like when we're talking about alien versus predator, that whole time frame thing, because he because you know there's still how many two other survivors? There's a still, couple other survivors that are kind of like and they're in not the, they don't haven't missed him long enough yet to come looking to suspect something was wrong and yeah and so now like cut to a scene that is like seemingly like five minutes if that, that. later and the face hugger is already off yeah you know you don't even see and, and from previous alien movies we know that they just kind of curl up yeah. and die once, once they, they come once off. they deposit their seed they just die and and he's just yeah he's just sitting there like throwing rocks at him like you know wake I'm up trying to wake you up wake up wake up and, and yeah and, and so Billy Crudup's like waking up and as soon as he wakes up, up it, there's the alien yeah they have they have a dialogue for a second he goes what do you believe well, the line that he said like what do you believe in like Dave, like Billy Crudup's character asked David like do you believe in God or something 
You know, I don't even remember. I don't remember. There was some throwaway <laughs> line, apparently, because, like, Nick doesn't really remember. <laughs> Billy Curtis, he knows he's probably not in a good situation. He was like, what do you believe in? And then, boom, they, the, you know, the burst out comes the, the xenomorph. And it's not even, like, the, the chest burster that we're used to. It's just a miniature xenomorph that it just, it's like, yeah, like David. Like I've I've made my entrance. David kind of like does. This one is of these what deals. you, the audience, wanted, and here I am. And our our friend Troy said that it almost was like he was going to do the hello, my baby, hello, hello my honey. honey. Like, yeah, he going to like pull out like a little straw hat, top and, hat, and cane, and he's got the cane. Yeah, and, and dance dancing way off the stage, like a, stage like the frog left. on Warner Brothers cartoons or the Spaceballs. Well, that's well, it, yeah. I mean, I I understand that scene, but. That's the song, though, is the Warner exactly. Brothers song exactly. that the frog sings. So, anyways, the, the movie at this point is like, let's just, let's just fast forward to the action. Uh, all, all of the interesting story elements have passed. And it's just, a, it's just the Xenomorph and David, uh, who are apparently cool with each other. I mean, the Xenomorph has no interest in taking care of David, whereas in other alien movies, the aliens would kill the synthetics, no problem. They ripped Bishop in half. Uh, it's not well, like... But was it... You know, I really, I need to rewatch Aliens, but was it because he was a threat? Probably. Because... But all aliens come across as savage, non-intelligent, you know. Because I think, I think Bishop was attacking the Queen. No, Bishop was just walking... And then the queen, as a oh, scare, like that's right, comes out that's of right. nowhere. We, yeah, we, the audience thought like everything was okay at yeah, that point. Safe. And and Ridley or Ridley Ripley Ripley <laughs> Ripley was talking to Bishop, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, just, he got like, spirit. You know, that's yeah, I forgot. So you're right. He, even though he might have been a threat, I don't think that the alien. You're right. Yeah. Saw, like, so well, you know how they retcon <laughs> things. Um. So, but my point is, like, it's not like the aliens have ever shown that they just don't, they disregard synthetics. Like, they usually just tear apart anything. But anyway, this xenomorph is like the mother. <laughs> uh, the creator, and it recognizes that, I guess. Uh, so, we're left with David, xenomorph, uh, Daniels, and one other guy who gets his, like, uh, face like oh. acid burn because another face hugger escapes from the pot. Oh yes, yeah, and uh, and, and something happened where the acid blood. You know, yeah, gets like just that classic scene where like one of the uh, this another is, guy like cuts the face hugger off. And it's important that this do. is where Daniels learns that they have acid blood because yeah. like later on she's like, try not to shoot if you can because they have right. acid blood. Yeah, she picked up on that pretty very fast. quickly because yeah. <laughs> the movie told her to. Um, so like it's it's just Daniels and uh, that guy and David and the xenomorph and we're to believe that Walter is out of commission because apparently like David uh, knows that Walter's a threat and tries to shut him down mm-hmm. and appears to do so. Well, surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, and they Walter's, have their little fight that they yeah. leave very ambiguous as to who won the fight. Yeah, very ambiguous. Uh, the next time we see either one of what we think, but no, but no one like, in the audience is surprised. No, it was like yeah. the worst surprise ever. Like you see it from a mile away, and in fact, I'm surprised that the characters in the movie don't come right out and suspect it as being because uh, it mm. kind of felt like there was a tense 
uh, scene where it seemed like Daniel. Yeah, so like David is now playing off like he's Walter, and they're buying it. Long story short, uh, Tennessee like through this whole time is like trying to get down to the surface, but there's this big storm. We could get close, so they ended up saying, "You know, screw it, we're going down to rescue because shit's going down," and he doesn't know that his wife's dead yet. So he's down there. Uh, he, he gets down to the surface, and it's just the three guys. It's just what we think is Walter, uh, Daniels, and the other guy, who I don't even know his name. He's not important. No, yeah. yeah. He's completely not important. They, they escape. They kill an alien in the process, back up to the, uh, the main ship, the Covenant. And that was a, a very quick alien kill. You know, yeah, that the alien like, dispatched pretty quick. Okay, well, they killed that one real quick, so something else like, is going to have to go down. crawling around the ship, and it was very impressive to look at, but she, she catches it yeah, with the claw. The, the crane the thing, crane. they had the claw. It kind of all very reminiscent, I guess, of the exosuit from Aliens. True. That, uh, yeah, so it get, she somehow manages to get it in the claw and just crushes it. Yeah, that doesn't seem like that would ever happen as fast as those things are, but she yeah. does. The xenomorphs are as stupid as the people are in this movie, apparently. So that alien's taken care of pretty fast. We know there's more. To, there's yeah, there's so more. The movie's not over yet. Yeah, we, there's it no just, way it ends it, that easy. You yeah, just know. You just You're trained know. as a movie viewer to know that something's going on, which is why the tip of the, of you know you know it's not Walter. You just know it's not because there's still got to be some conflict to, to move this along further so they get back up to the covenant everything appears to be a okay. you know and i was actually even kind of thinking that okay well whatever goes down now is going to go down because that's not walter that's david mother informed daniels and the other people on the ship that there was some oh, kind of yeah. life form yeah the computer mother yeah mother informed is, that there was a there's life an alien life form on the ship and I'm no kidding. It, it, so yeah, so then it's shown that you, you all you really see is the guy's dead and yeah. the alien has apparently burst out. They run to the spot, there's just blood all over the window. You know it's too late for that guy. Yeah. He's the alien's just on the loose. Then they have the shower scene. <laughs> yeah. They managed to work a shower scene in. Uh two of the other uh I think they were like the other pilots up with Tennessee. I guess they were the couple, and so they were taking the sexy shower, and then the alien mm-hmm. kills them off. Mm-hmm. There, you get your shower scene. Get that out of the way. Yeah, so it's it's just, right now, it's just Tennessee, Daniels, and uh, David. And even this, Walter. this whole um, finale seemed fairly quick yeah. and easy, really. It was, it was, it was just rough. like... Wasn't heard. We're we're gonna we're gonna herd the alien to where we want it. Cut off this section, this section, and it all just went very smoothly. I was really confused too that the movie was still kind of jerking us around, like whether or not it was Walter or David, because the uh, David was um, kind of helping uh, Tennessee and Daniels yeah, trap the kind, alien. Kind of reluctantly helping. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like she had to ask like, Walter, where's the alien? Yeah, and then he's Fine. just like, 
It's All in right. section 31. I've done what you've asked me to do. I've complied because maybe I'm an android and I have to. I don't know. But he kind of reluctantly, like he said, <laughs> helped them escape. They, they, they trapped the alien once again in a real kind of classic aliens. We're going to shoot the alien into space yeah. <laughs> out of another air like uh, lock. This time, though, they drive a some heavy machinery. Yeah, but I, I guess the whole plan was that we're gonna we're gonna trap it inside this machinery and then let the machinery loose to fly out the airlock. Yeah, and it works. This stupid half baked plan actually works. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't go perfectly. <laughs> no, but it does work. Yes. There, was, there was a little bit of drama where the alien like headbutts its way through the uh, window. Yeah, so the... it it climbs out of the yeah. the machinery, and you're like, oh no. We got out well yeah, uh, it's okay daniel's plays chicken with like the uh, alien who's like riding along that tractor I, or the, yeah, the tractor so, hits so the, the next alien. piece of machinery is still coming and skewers the alien and and flies out and everything's okay all right so that alien's taken care of there's actually no more threats of an alien on the ship at this point um so it, we're at this point in the alien movie where it's like now everything's good we're gonna go back to hypersleep and I guess just and it's go still, to the other planet. You know, and, and we, the audience, were like, I know that's David and not Walter, but mm -hmm. it's not, like, actually revealed. No. Until... They still are jerking us around yeah. at that point. Like, they haven't really revealed that it's David. Uh, and it even feels like, I, I've said in the past, that, or I've said before, I feel like Daniel's kind of knew something was wrong. Uh, she, it felt like, yeah, it like when, she was sensitive. Like he had those cuts like on his cheek and he's stapling them together. And she yeah, does, there was that scene where she kind of like looks at him like, like, you, like you feel like she knows, but... Kind of like she was questioning him, you know, like she's feeling him out. But and but then it kind of like focused on like okay well he's got a cut off hand must be, and must be Walter. Dave, David had a, or Walter had a cut off hand so it's got to be Walter it must be got to count the limbs uh, so they go to hypersleep Tennessee goes into hypersleep first and then Shaw or Daniel sorry goes into hypersleep and she can actually still hear David through the glass shield of the hypersleep chamber. Oh, yeah. And that's when yeah. it's finally revealed that... Uh, will, will you help me build my log cabin? Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't respond. He, yeah. like, he, he doesn't, doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah, she was had, the first time. I mean, we, we didn't ever say, but she had shared this story with him early, uh, with with Walter, yeah, the, Walter earlier. So Walter had would a have heart known. To heart talk about um, building this log cabin. It was something that she was supposed to do with James Franco's And so when died. David doesn't know this detail, that's when it's revealed. Like, Uh-oh. No! David has like a little line. He's like, but it's, it won't be half, it won't be near as bad as what I did to Shaw or some real sinister. Uh Anyway, yeah, the, the big the big reveal that it's David for yeah. sure. So so and she can do nothing about it. She's being like put in the cryo sleep right at that moment. David uh, at that point and has so, the ship all to he's, himself. Yeah, he's totally in control of this uh, covenant spaceship with like thousands of uh, two thousand uh, settlers. Yeah, settlers that are all sleeping, sleeping in yeah. cryo sleep that. We never, never really see them see in the movie. Throughout they the always movie. stay in sleep. It's just, just the crew that wakes up. They're they're more cargo than anything. Yeah, they were just passengers, and yeah, they were cargo. Yeah. 
So David has access to the 2000 uh, cargo. Uh, but wait a second. Uh, what's he actually going to do? And what kind of trouble could he actually cause? And then he like... Oh, yeah. Goes, open up the drawer yeah. of the little embryos. Yeah, and there are all these frozen human embryos. Cough yeah. up some facehugger embryos for safekeeping. Exactly. So start his... His merry experiments again. Yeah, and then the movie just ends like the end. <laughs> David wins. Uh, and, it's and kind of a it, downer. It was a really dark ending, which I kind of like. I like that it was a bit dark. It didn't wrap things yeah. up because the movie was rushing you to this happy ending. It felt like, uh, and all of a sudden you're like, "Damn, this is an ex. This is not a happy ending at all. This is some horrific stuff that's going to happen on this seven-year flight." So now he has thousands of bodies to experiment on. When the Covenant and actually lands on this planet, some shit's going to spill out of that spaceship. It's not going to be happy for anybody else. And another kicker is that they, since they were um, a ship that was to colonize that planet, others would surely come. Other people from Earth. So, but They were he, in for a treat. So here was my big question, though. Now, yes. I'll start out with saying, I enjoyed the movie. I liked it. Yeah, it was good enough. It was good. But... My question is, so, like, it reveals that David ultimately is, like, the architect of the the familiar facehugger that we all know and love that yeah. we've seen ever He's since the very first him. Alien movie. Yeah. So the, the facehugger is David's creation. And if you look at a timeline... The events of Covenant and the events of Alien take place, like, if I remember correctly, like 18 years apart, right? Yeah. So, in Alien, we, we find a derelict spaceship that, and, and, you, and the, the crew of, a, what's the ship's name, Nostromos? Um I forget. It's something not, like the Yeah, something like that. That, that the, the crew, very first ship. The, the crew, yeah, they, they find that derelict engineer spaceship. And the space and, jockey. And the, and the space jockey. Yeah. And where he's had a chest burster, you know, come right. out. And there's the eggs everywhere. It, but he's, like, fossilized. And, and it's, I, I think, and I'll have to rewatch it, but I think made clear that it's been there for a long time. It takes that, time to fossilize. Yeah, it's it's been there for like a really long time. Yeah. So that's my big thing is I, I'd Did like to see now how, how will they explain, how will they connect these two? So like if, if David is the creator of, of the, the facehugger and the eggs, right? then, then how, how did you get from here to here? The only thing I could... Now, this is something I've just thought of. Is it possible that David stumbled upon some blueprints from the engineers? Well, that may be, and hopefully, maybe the next movie may. Yeah, maybe they'll, like, yeah. I hope they answer. That's, or, that's too glaring of an oversight. Or, or maybe they develop time travel. And... <laughs> yeah, Doc Brown's going to show up in the DeLorean. <laughs> Marty, I found these eggs. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's what I hope to see in the next one is just a little more insight to kind of uh, connect the two. Yeah. And, they, and they not, have to and not raise more questions, maybe. Yeah, they have to address If that's possible. 
And sometimes when a movie addresses a problem from one movie, it just springs a leak from a, another another plot hole is created almost. Yeah, so, so time will tell. And it's even it's even stranger that it's a Ridley Scott movie, the very original Alien movie. So uh, I mean, when, one would think that they've got all this worked out, and and you know we we don't know the details yet, but they the powers that be have an idea in mind. I've read that Ridley Scott's already basically written, written out the script for the next Alien yeah. movie. So I, he must so, have a plan in place. He has a story, and I'm sure that story I'm, will change. I'm going to trust that there are answers out there. Yeah, go see this movie. It's a really good movie. Um, I, I think it's one of the better Alien movies. You're, you're, you will have these... You know, you'll you'll come across some little nitpicky items for sure, and there's a lot of it's a very predictable. Yeah, like we said before, any movie does, yeah, but but I liked it. It's good. It's like, a good movie. See it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 gonna it's checking a lot of the boxes off that Aliens fans really wanted. Like you got your Xenomorph, and actually, hopefully, you've already seen the movie because we just spoiled yeah, everything. Up. You don't need to see the movie now if you haven't seen it. We've yeah, kind of pretty so. much gone blow by blow every. There only really anything we left out. Like we remembered quite a bit of the movie. <laughs> we just quoted the entire movie. Yeah, I'm surprised because it's been several days since we've seen it. And we did just recount pretty much scene for scene the entire movie. Uh, I would just like to give a shout out to Danny McBride. I really enjoyed his character. I thought for a guy who usually plays just the, the comedic jackass role. He's Kenny Powers. Like, I always just look at Danny McBride as the... Do you, are you familiar with Kenny Powers? No. I, okay. I am sorry, unfortunately not. That's okay. Uh, you people know Kenny Powers, maybe. Sure. But, you know, like you see Danny, you see Danny McBride. He's just, it's just the image. He's just, like, loud, obnoxious, but funny and sometimes lovable. Uh, this character that he's kind of become... And I thought he was good in this movie. I really felt like he blended into the movie. I didn't think that he was any kind of distraction. He had some humorous parts in the movie. Uh, sugar tits, sugar dick, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple lines that were very Danny McBride. Uh, probably uh, out, you know, just kind of riffing in, in the moment. They didn't write sugar tits in the script, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was a Danny McBride edition. But uh, I was impressed. He he really nailed his role, and he was dramatic when he needed to be. He played the hero character pretty well, and he was funny when he needed to be. So uh, I thought the character that played Daniels was okay. Um, pretty generic. I, um, uh, I, I liked her. I, I think I like Shaw better. I did like Shaw, better. but but yeah, I mean, she, I appreciate Shaw like, more. I like Daniels. Daniels was just she was just kind of there and. Uh, you gotta have like a strong female protagonist in an alien movie. It feels like and yeah, she was it, the one that fit the bill. The bill. It, yeah, it's not an aliens movie without the the female lead. Right. All thanks to Sigourney Weaver, who's amazing in the previous aliens movie. Maybe not Resurrection, but it wasn't her fault. <laughs> that movie was not her fault. Um, it was a good movie. See it. I really I enjoyed myself. Uh, I think a lot of people are seeing it. They they're enjoying it more than thought they would have our friend I, I think um, I think people were getting more of what they wanted that they missed from Prometheus with this it didn't mm. quite satisfy my Prometheus curiosity but 
Thanks to that one little mini flashback, we did get a little closure. Yeah, with that kind of whole lore Mm -hmm. that Prometheus was all about. It would be nice if they touched on it yet again in the the sequel, if there is one, which I I don't know how much the money the movie's making, but I think it's doing good. This was really just the straight up, let's have the action, the aliens action. Yeah. Yeah, they, it was it was more for the fans. The, this is for the the fans is what they wanted, and Ridley Scott is delivered on that. And it was a really beautifully shot movie, and the sets were good. Uh, the aliens I thought looked kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Check it out. All right, so that's that. That's Alien Covenant. So next we're going to go into uh, we're going to get we're going to jump ship. To games, we're gonna jump back into the world of gaming. Eight bit era. Eight bit era, man. Maybe the best era ever. I won't. My favorite. Probably my favorite too. Big fan. I have a lot of favorite sixteen bit games. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, in every you know generation of console, you know, you've got your favorites, of course. Yeah, there's been improvements upon improvements in each generation but the 8-bit there's something special yeah I mean because you know I mean we 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 had the Atari before that but there's just there's something about the 8-bit era yeah it well it it resurrected video gaming as we all know the 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 great video game crash uh, 83 of 83 uh, where you know Atari was pumping out the games willy-nilly, and the games they were pumping out, the bigger title games, they weren't doing such a great and, job. And they thought it would be a great idea to, um, you know, let's make this, like, let's let's get the E.T. license and the Pac-Man license mm-hmm. and, you know, make this game in a week because it must be ready because people want this. And let's make more of this game than our actual consoles that consumers have actually out in the wild. It got to be a huge mess. It, it seemed like, yeah, very, well, anyway, we're not talking about the crash. Yeah, the, the NES resurrected video gaming, so you know it had to be good in order to resurrect video gaming, make it a viable entertainment, uh, you know, for companies to jump back on board and convince consumers that, hey, video games can be good again. So with the recent uh, popularity of the NES Classic, that elusive NES classic. Uh, <laughs> the, the unicorn the, of the gaming systems. It sold one and a half million, I think it was. It was the number two selling video game yeah, console in t- Talk about business blunders. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Nintendo, man. Nintendo does Nintendo things. Uh, but it, it it showed that a lot of people are really interested in the in the in the classics, the NES. Yes. And we, we thought we would discuss some of our favorite NES games. Now, this is uh, not necessarily a top 10 list and in no, a traditional no, 10 to 1. Yeah, no particular order. Um, yeah, just our favorites. Yeah, these are like our no, favorite games. No no particular order, but sh- uh, so so should I start? Yeah, Nick, why so, don't you start with your your uh, one of your favorites? So, so, I mean, of course, Super Mario Brothers. The original Super the Mario The original Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be. I mean, the game pro- probably my favorite game of of all time. I guess. I mean, if if you had to choose one, mm-hmm. I would probably say Super Mario Brothers. A lot of video games were got their inspiration from that game. A lot of the good ones, um, and it pioneered what a side scroller could be. I remember too my 
when I first heard about Super Mario Brothers, my brother, I think my brother had seen like the arcade version of it. And, Play uh, Toy Stin? No, the uh, versus Super Mario. Well, you know, honestly, I. I, I couldn't say, but I think it was versus Super Mario Brothers, not the Play Toys Ten. Gotcha. But because um, he was like so excited, he's like, "Nick, you got to check out that they, they made a sequel to Mario Brothers. It's called Super Mario Brothers, and it there's it's got like the turtles like from the old Mario Brothers game, and but you grab like these mushrooms and you grow big." And and I, I just remember he was like so excited about it. I saw this like in a bowling alley or something like that. And, and I'm just like this little... bowling alley, yeah. <laughs> that's where we got uh, our news. Oh yeah, I mean, that's where I found like Street Fighter two, and you know that. that I'm not that... shitting on the bowling. Alley. Okay, I'm, just, I, I'm having a I'm, one. I'm having. I'm, I'm trying to imagine Mark in a bowling alley. <laughs> you know that's that's a good. Um, you know what was he doing there? I don't know, like if it was like a field trip to the bowling alley, okay. or I, I don't know. That's just that's how my memory is. But, but it was very may, clearly a maybe, bowling alley. Maybe over. I'm wrong. That's you know? just where that. That's just how my mind has made the story go. Okay. Um, For the purpose of this story, it was. But a yeah, alley. but and and, and he, it was cool because he was talking about all these similarities that it shared with the original Mario Brothers game, like the pipes, yeah. the coins, mm-hmm. the turtles, and the, and that's where then he kind of like went on to like the new things, like the mushrooms that make you grow big and whatever. But and I'm just like this little kid, and my eyes are just getting big. Like this is amazing. I haven't even seen it, but this is the most Built amazing thing I've head, ever right? heard. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta see this thing. Yeah, and look at you. I mean, you're wearing your Super Mario Bros. shirt because it's such a classic. There's the mushroom right there. I mean, this little plumber is the guy. I mean, he's a yeah, rock star so, in the video game world. So Super Mario Brothers. So that was that was my my first choice. The original Super Mario Bros. Um, it's a good one. So number two, and again, no particular order. Um, but I, I guess I'm just going to have to go with Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, Maybe the best Mario game. Yeah, I mean, that was... And I, I remember you and I, um, what were we, probably like 8th grade by that time? I remember and, renting. Yeah, like I spent the night at your house and like, we rented it and played it for like 8 hours straight. And yeah, we I got pretty far. We, we we got to like world six, I think, before yeah, we were world. just like right. We we were just like dead and just like had to sleep or something. Yeah, we just. Hey, but I kind of remember getting to the ice world. I remember getting the ice yeah. world very clearly. We knew nothing of warp zones. Well, I mean, was, did we see the wizard by then? Because the wizard came. That was like the introduction to Super Mario Brothers three. And so, I think we saw that like before actually being able to play it. Yeah, I want to say the wizard but was already like pretty. I, it was in Nintendo Power, I'm sure. I don't know if we were just going through every board because we just had to see everything, or if we just were why, too why dumb rush through a to game. find the secrets that were already shown to us in a movie, or. I, I like to think that we just wanted. I, we, yeah, I think we just wanted to go through like everything, and and we we went through each world in order up to six. Yeah. And I don't remember if we just ended up dying because it got hard, or if we well, just I crashed. I just think we got we were just exhausted. I, I think we just crashed. Yeah, we just crashed. 
And, uh, you know, of course, in the morning you wake up and you go home. And I guess I rented it, so I still had it with me. But I, yeah, so I, you I must have played it more. It more. Did I you not? Think, I don't think I did. Yeah. I think I was just, I, maybe maybe I just felt like it would have been unfair to you or something. <laughs> like, they're like, I can't play this without And me. I remember, like, anticipating, looking for it in stores, like, anticipating the release. Because you never really knew strong release dates in that t at that time the commercial was and, on with the mario mario yeah. it started out like it was it went it panned out it was like all the people seeing mario it, and then it became mario's face yeah once i the, remember and, that commercial and, and, so that commercial was so you know it was coming i would always like go to babbage's yeah i remember that name babbage's babbage's a couple of former yeah. babbage's employees yeah, not at that time, but in the future. In the future. And, uh... Probably because, uh, we love video games so much, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll just, you know, go and you, you look at Babbage's like, is it on the shelf yet? Well, I don't see it yet. No, it's not there yeah, yet. No. And, and there was, like, one day that finally it was on the shelf. And I, I don't even, you know, I didn't... I think you got it first before me. I, that that may be true. I, I don't remember when I bought it because as a kid, you know, it's like, well... I don't have the money yeah, right now. Okay, there it is. Mom, please buy this for me. Oh, God, please, Mom, please. I'll do it. So, I, you I don't understand. I don't this remember, is... like, at what point I finally got it, but eventually I got it. And and that was, like, the happiest day ever. That yellow box. It's like oh, a golden yellow box with the raccoon. Such a classic that. design. I love the yellow box. Yep. So, okay, so Super Mario 2. Super Mario 3. Uh, great, great pick. Oh, I just said Super Mario 2. So, yeah, so Super Mario's 3. Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, 2 was good. It was alright. 2 was good, but it... Ducky uh, Ducky Panic Mario? Ducky Ducky Panic. <laughs> but uh, but I wasn't going to include that on my list. Not I, a bad it, it's, game. it's an excellent game, but that, that was a slip of the tongue. Um, so what, what was my third game? Um, what was my third game? Uh, Mega Man 2. Mega Man, Man 2. 2. God, what a great game. Yeah. You're, you're hitting all the classics. Mega Man 2. And uh, I remember so many, like, in, in that time, you you didn't have, like, this whole, like, library of games that you, you know, you only had a few games. And, and so you just, you played those games until and they usually included mario and mario brothers 3 and but and you would like play these like mind games with yourself that you you would challenge yourself to do like the most hard impossible things because you were so familiar with that game oh yeah because i know i did that with the original super mario brothers well, speed running there's yeah. a whole yeah and so i i remember in particular like with mega man 2 that because you know the Mega Man games, you know that you you're supposed to basically go like in a sort certain order because each robot has a weakness of another you learn robot. Yeah, yeah, and so so you eventually learn the weaknesses and you know what order to go in. Well, I I would try to go. I I would always go to like Quick Man first because I found that I could beat Quick Man with the normal weapon, even though I think. Really, technically, you're supposed to beat Flashman before you go to that stage because you're supposed to 
not only use Flashman's Time Stopper on Quickman, but when those like energy beams, mm -hmm. you know, go by in the board, you just you stop those and you can just drop safely, and it just makes the whole thing easy. Well, I had to do it the hard way and dodge like every every energy beam, and, you know, with perfect timing. So um, that reminds me, it's like you know. Nowadays, we'll buy games willy-nilly, left and right, but you, when you bought a game back then, you did have to kind of make up new excuses. Oh, yeah, to play and the game. You, you, you seriously played that game until there was, like, nothing more to do. Because you'd get it for special occasions. And, and too, not like just kind of, like, it. shrug it off. Yeah. Because, well, I've got this to play now, right. so I don't have time for this one. Oh, man, back in the day, when you, when you bought a game, that was, like, your game. That, for a while. It was an investment. Yeah, you better pick wisely. And so you you really invested your time. God help me if he had like some turd like you know, I don't know. I can't think of any really bad. Well, RoboCop it, was a good example. I remember getting RoboCop and being supreme. Oh, was it bad? I don't think I played it on NES. Oh, so bad. I, I played the arcade version the arcade and I liked the it. The reason I bought the RoboCop and it wasn't the same thing. Oh no, man! <laughs> it was a turd. It was a really bad. It was like made by Ocean, who like were just like Ocean LJN. I mean, they would take movie licenses and just crank out the biggest turds ever. Similar to the E.T. Atari thing. Like, they, they just knew people were going to buy it because RoboCop was a badass. Yeah. And kids just, even though the, it was a rated R property, like, you just... The branding. Them. Yeah, it was the branding. It was, everybody knew who RoboCop was. But, yeah, like, when you got a... You had to really pick wisely. So, when you got a good game, like, you really did want to just replay it and replay it. And Mega Man 2 was a great game to replay. Mm -hmm. I remember Mega Man 2... I uh, was the first Mega Man game I played. I didn't play Mega Man 1. I remember you lied about beating it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you got me. That, that was, we had a we, sleepover at a friend's house, and we were playing Mega Man 2 and trying to beat it. Yeah, and, and you had out. said you would beat the game. We all fell asleep, right? Uh, Did I claim that I beat no, it after you all went to bed? <laughs> no, no. It, it was like prior, like, um, because like, I was playing it. And and I had never beat it before, and I think I had said like I'd been to like a certain part, like I'd been pretty far or whatever, but I'd never beat it. But you had previously said you'd beat it, but then oh, and while, I seemed surprised. Yes, <laughs> when I got, I was like so excited, like I got past like this one part that I'd never got past before. And then it continued, and, and so then I'm progressing yeah. along in the end of the game, and you're you were like shocked, you've never seen like this before, and I'm like. Wait a minute. I thought you beat this before. <laughs> you liar. I don't know, man. I did that thing where a kid, like, makes shit up to make themselves, yeah, like, so. seem more important. You totally got me so, in that line. So, you liar. <laughs> and so, and, and I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I beat it that night. Mm -hmm. uh, if not, I, I did later. But, um, but yeah, excellent game. That, that is definitely a point in our friendship that sticks out. Like, that, the Ron <laughs> Avis lied at beating Mega Man 2. <laughs> you liar. I totally lied. I don't know, I don't know why I did, but... Just, but, uh, I mean, it's like you say, that's what kids do, yeah, sound kids important. Do. Kids make stuff up. Like, my dad works for Nintendo, and, well, you know... I don't, I don't remember his name now, but, like, I remember, like, one kid that, like, in middle school, like, Super Mario 3, it just came out, and he's like... Uh, my dad goes to Japan all the time, and Super Mario Four is already out there. And Super and in, Su in Super Mario Four, like the, one of the the power up items is a paper clip, 
and you turn into a paper airplane, and this is literally what he said, and I was buying it, you know, that you, and you turn into a so, paper airplane, so and I'm like, wow, that. really? You know, cause, That's really weird, but okay, I guess, why would you lie? Well, you know, and I, I don't know any different, I mean, because it's kind of well known, they're developed in Japan, and so he's... Story's it, checking out already. Yeah. Well, anyway. And one would stand to believe that there would be a Super Mario Four being released. Later time. on, I would realize he was full of it. You he was know, full of shit. Yeah. Well, what was the kid who said that he could beat Shinobi in one quarter? And then we went to that golf place, and they had a Shinobi arcade, and we were and like, he couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, wait, what here's a quarter. Try? I'll even try. give you a quarter. Do it. Oh no. He no. might have bullshit his way and said he was I'm rusty. too rusty. Yeah. It, it. It's been a while. Nick and I knew, we, we knew that he was full of it. That's, that was a hard game to beat in a quarter. Shinobi is hard. It's got a lot of cheap hits. Great game. Love that game. But it's hard. Uh, but yeah, Mega Man 2 was the first game that I played in the series. I don't think I played Mega Man, Mega well, Man 2. Well, and it was later. the first I played in the series, too. And, and I went back, and I remember, too, because like I, le- I loved it so much. Eventually, then, I had saved my money, and I bought Mega Man 1. And Mega Man 1 is ridiculously hard. And I just remember, like, kind of being disappointed by it. And, and I eventually, I beat it as well. But yeah. it was, like, a kick in the nuts compared to Mega Man 2. That's saying something, because Mega Man 2 is not an easy game. No, uh, it's not. But, but, but I had played Mega Man 2 it, before that night we played. In I, my, my opinion. It and brought it home. Yeah? Yeah, he was working at Blockbuster, and he, they, uh... They had a lot, they had it, and he brought it home. He would sometimes bring games cool. home, but I did play it. I just didn't beat it. <laughs> in my in my opinion, though, it is the most fun yeah. of all the Mega Man's. And three is very good. Two and three are like but, usually the ones that people argue, which is the yeah. Best. A lot of people will lean towards three, and I don't know if it's, it's because it introdu- introduced Rush and it's got the slide. It's got the slide, but uh, I don't think people for me much it's about Rush two. That slide. Yeah, I'm with you. I think two is the definitive best Mega Man. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, it just—it's so classic Mega Man, and all—all all the other Mega Man games are good, but that for sure was a good pick. So, uh, okay, so number four. Uh, what was number four? Uh, Double Dragon Two. Oh, Double Dragon Two. <laughs> maybe not the best game on the list, but maybe the most fun. And well, game and, and that in was in terms of cooperative. Play. Yeah, that—that that was really why I included it because of just. The fond memories of playing it when I would, you know, at your house or whatever, we'd oh, have to yeah. sleep over. We laugh so and hard. Just, yeah, just just the co-op of playing Double Dragon Two. The brutality and, of getting somebody in a headlock and me and yeah, it just, over yeah, and over. Yeah, you, you know, you, you figured out. Like exactly the combinations that okay now I can do the knee <laughs> now I can do that yeah you would grab him by the hair and it was like a wrestling grapple and then you're elbowing him like this and, and you would just time it out and just slowly like do like yeah oh, I got him in the head like okay now let me just hold him for a little while like a cat it's got a mouse in its claws you know hold him for a little while again knee okay this is gonna be the last hit. Like, dude, like, the kick straight up in the air, so they go flying up in oh, the air. Oh, kick straight up in the air was the best. Or, the, the... or dude, like, the throw, like, oh, yeah, like, if you had got him in the headlock and you're, like, next to, like, some water or or a, a pit or something, that then you can, like, throw him over the pit. Oh, God, that game so. was so much fun. Really, it was kind of an, unf- like, it got really hard at a point. 
Remember the tread, the the conveyor. Oh yeah, there there could be frustrating moments, but we we could beat it though, and and that was often that we we would put it on whatever I think the hardest difficulty. Yeah, we could beat that, and that and that we could even hurt ourselves, like punch each other if we got in each other's way, and uh, you know to challenge just like what we're saying before to challenge ourselves, and and we could do it. That game had great replayability. So, I, and it definitely wasn't a game that I would have had as nearly as much fun if it wasn't for yep. playing with you and, and, and co-op. The Double Dragon series is one of the very few instances, I think, where the NES version far exceeds the arcade version. Mm-hmm. The arcade version is fine in its own right, yeah. but especially Double Dragon 2. Like I, The arcade Double Dragon 2 sucks, it's not as good. I think. Yeah. It's... The arcade Double Dragon One may be better than the yeah arcade. Double Dragon One in the arcades. I mean that that's pretty good and, and it, it's it's different on NES. And By it's the way, good I played that at a bowling alley once. Yeah, <laughs> who hasn't? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree, man. Those those games uh, were really really good on Nintendo. It never felt like you were playing the um, inferior version, uh, like sometimes you would. And even Double Dragon Three that wasn't as good was even worse in the arcades. It was just awful. I don't Are know. Are you telling me there was a Double Dragon 3 arcade game? I it, didn't know that. Absolutely, yes. I did yes. not know that. Now, that one I didn't see in a bowling alley. <laughs> but, so then it doesn't matter. But I did see, I think it was at like the UofL arcade. Oh, okay. Because like, by that time, I think I was in yeah, high at school Manuel. Yeah. at Manuel. And yeah, so every now and then, you know, you'd walk over to UofL. Man, and I was always so jealous of those stories. It was like, you would get out of Manuel and go across. And because the there was actually like a full blown arcade that yeah, was like next to like a laundromat. And there was an arcade like in like the food court for like UofL. And, and there was a Double Dragon 3 machine that was in the food court. And it was, it was the same, you know, synopsis as the NES game, the Rosetta Stones. But it was it was completely different, and it was it was terrible. I remember buying that game for the NES and being a little just let down by it. And I think I lent it, it to you. It was you a, enjoyed it a lot more than I. Well, did. it had a it was a pretty steep learning curve. It was so different, and I finally kind of played it enough to kind of figure out how. Th- it, how it was different than the others and, and how it was in its own right. And I, I don't remember if I beat it, but I, I did get fairly far in it. Because you like you unlock more characters along the way. I enjoyed that you could be like, uh, there was like a ninja, and there was like a... Yeah, there was like a... There was like the Billy. There was like a Chinese guy, and yeah. like a ninja guy. Mm-hmm. And, and they each uh, had their own fighting style. Everybody had their own abilities. Yeah, like the ninja guy had like a, the And the, the graphics claw. were good. Yeah, but it just didn't it didn't have all those same. You could do different moves, like you could like run at a wall and jump, and like spring off the wall and do a kick, and uh, but anyway, one could say that it was a superior in a lot of ways, but it just didn't really it didn't hit those it, the it didn't, satisfaction. It didn't click. I, I don't know what it was about it, but uh, because it, it certainly did try to do more than like say two did. But yeah. it, it just, I don't ambitious. think, was as successful. Usually the story of Double Dragon just revolved around uh, your girlfriend getting captured. 
And then you just <laughs> fighting through the waves of bad guys again and again and again just to kind of save your girlfriend. I mean, that kind of reminds me, uh, recently they had like Double Dragon 4 come out like on PlayStation 4 and, and I assume like uh, Xbox One I think did too. And, and like any other current system. But it was like, that was... If I remember right, I've only really played it like the one time, and I need to go back and play it again. Yeah. Uh, but it seemed like that. It was that again. Also, it's like, and, and it's such a trope and cliche, and it's been so many years. And later. I think they were actually like doing that to kind of poke fun at itself too. In self-referential. Ways. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. We know this is a double dragon staple. Like a girlfriend has to get abducted, and then you're that's. The only reason you're even fighting through We this. We definitely need to play that again, though. We'll definitely get there. But Double Dragon right. 2 was... Man, that's another great game. My favorite of the series. Mine, too. So, okay. So, okay. So, that was four. So, my fifth favorite game. No particular order. The Legend of Zelda. <sighs> Legend of Zelda. Legend man. of Zelda. Now, the first place I saw The Legend of Zelda, not a bowling alley... Of course, I mean that word. That was our arcade games, and this was yeah. I was gonna say game. like if it had been an arcade, you would have for sure found it. In the but <laughs> Sears, of all places, where you know, remember when Sears would have like that setup of like NES games, and like uh, there was like a, a box that you could like that you could see the each uh, like ten I think maybe games like into this like uh, setup. And it was on a timer, and you could like hit a button. Damn like, that timer! So like, yeah, you could play for like I don't know five or ten minutes or whatever, Three and then it would life reset. Things in life happier than seeing that so, that Sears kiosk with the uh, the choice of original Nintendo games. And that was my first experience of the Legend of Zelda, and yeah. so I would, and it was like upstairs, and so I'd go up that escalator, and go over to I guess it was like the electronics department, and yeah, it was near the toy section, I think. Yeah, so might have been like they had a few toys, maybe. Yeah, they had a few toys, uh, maybe, and like there wasn't like, much. It was usually what inhumanoids, was, like, tires and crap. Yeah, yeah, remember the <laughs> humanoids? Like there were those. Giant, oh, the gigantic, yeah, monstrous humanoids, of course. But uh, the I, the thing I remember about when I was first playing the Legend of Zelda series is just not ha- having absolutely no idea what am I doing, and. I had like no concept that for for starters that well go into that cave that's right there and it's dangerous to go alone take this and you get a sword because I don't even think I picked up the sword I think I was just kind of like wandering around and never could figure out you could like go up you know to there's a pathway up I I for whatever reason I just kept going like left I didn't even you were go right. To go left or right. Well, yes. It was the first non-linear. Well, game you're trained. You're trained to go, go right. Right. Yeah, true. But for whatever reason, I didn't. I wouldn't even go right. I would just. I went left. And there's like enemies, and so I didn't have a sword, and so I'm dodging the enemies, and I'd go left again, and then there's like a river, and you can't cross the river. What and, is the point of this game? Yeah, and that's how. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't understand what I'm doing and by that time it resets on you yeah, right and so I'm just like well, whatever and so in probably not the greatest uh, sales and so pitch. I wasn't super impressed with it but for whatever reason that may be I rented it one day and when I rented it I actually got the instruction book oh my god that is one of the best the map ever that game came with like a map 
And and then you can now you can dwell delve into like this rich history. Well, when you see that map, you have that sense of the world that you're playing in. Yeah. All of a sudden, the scale of it, you're really and, in a full blown. Adventure. And the and the book even kind of holds your hand and says, "Hey, you know, make your way to the first dungeon. Mm-hmm. You know, go this way." And so you do that. You kind of follow, and, and then you get. By that point, you get an idea of all this exploration that you can do, and and just the whole world opens up. I remember and, there being a real strong push by Nintendo for their advertising, like that commercial where they. Well, the rat. No, no, not the rat. Oh. <laughs> there was like this crazy little guy, and he was like. Um, Lever. Yeah, it was really strange. This is like such a bizarre like idea to sell a kid a game, but uh, it really. For whatever reason, you knew it was a big deal, so that maybe that's why you like were that, persuaded to. That may be why I rented it. Yes, yeah. and, and the word started really getting good. out of like how amazing this game is. Even if you didn't and, really know what was happening, the graphics were good and the music was really interesting. And I'm probably thinking, well, that's that game I played at Sears, but all right, I'll give it a shot. Not really much an opportunity with the timer, which yeah. is really short. So anyway, I'm glad I did, and it's amazing and. Um, if, Needless to say, if, if I could pick two favorite games of all time, then probably Super Mario Bros. and The Legend of Zelda. Can't disagree with you there, brother. That's a pretty solid five. Uh, I have I've also brought my five, my list, and we kind of discussed ahead of time, you know, what our five was going to be. I wanted to make a, a ten game list. I didn't because we would have probably just ended up picking up five. Yeah, I thought inevitably we're going to have a few games right. on this list. But so now you're forced to say a few games. Yeah, you, you kind of threw down the gauntlet with all the classic yeah. games. So, so I I, I'm sure you would have gone Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda, but you can't choose those now. No, it would not be a very interesting top ten if like we end up having a lot of the same duplicates in there. But I mean... I'll, I will agree that most of those games you said, and probably, in fact, all of those games would be in my top ten, for sure, and most of those would be my five, but I decided to pick some other games, which are for sure some of my favorite games, and my, uh, I guess I'm going to start at my five, is that a TMNT2 arcade game? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it was like a match made in Now, I mean, it was, you know, it was like the Easy Bake Oven version of the arcade game, but it was like the best you could get at home at the time. It really pushed the uh, NES to yeah. the limit, and they did it. They, they, they couldn't have as many enemies, and you couldn't have all the turtles on screen at once, but it was yeah, like Yeah, no four-player. It was as close to playing the arcade game as they could have gotten. But we loved it. Oh man, we loved that game. Oh, and they even like added in like one or maybe two new stages. Two two new stages. Yeah, because one of them was like sure kind of a Shogun stage, and another was like a snow stage. Yeah, yeah, and they definitely lengthened them as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when we go back and play the original arcade game in Mame and emulators, like you really are kind of taken aback by how short the game is. You can beat the game pretty fast. Yes. But the NES game took a bit longer. It's because like they didn't want you to feel gypped. It's going to be a game that you're going to end up having to play for a while, and it's an obvious. It's definitely one of those games where I challenged myself to beat, you know, under certain parameters that I set up for myself. Not that the games yeah. come up, but I played that game. I beat that game so many times. I don't. I don't think I could even tell you. 
And they couldn't do things like have both Bebop and Rocksteady on that one board. Yeah. So who'd they have? Like Baxter Stockman as a fly, I think? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but th- that, I mean, it was probably one of the best examples of an arcade game coming to a home console and being as faithful as it could possibly be. Yeah, I mean, you know, not really counting the classic arcade games like Pac-Man or uh, Dig Dug, Donkey Kong, you know, all those obviously came onto the NES. The forefathers of our uh, video games. Yeah, but th- this was like one of the first that I remember that, oh, you know, this is this is a current game I play in the arcade right now, mm-hmm. and, and it's coming home for the first time. Yeah, Bam. it was a big deal. Super exciting. Very big deal, and that... Uh, I don't remember, like, the moment I first played it, but I, I remember playing that game a whole lot. And it was it was Ninja Turtles, and it was the port of the arcade, and it was something you could finally play at home, which was awesome. So mm-hmm. that, that was my fifth game. Um, the next game I'm going to go with is going to be uh, talking about arcade ports. Uh, let's talk about a game that was I assumed was going to be ported, but due to the inability to be able to go online and check stuff out before we actually bought it. Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden was a game that I really, really liked in the arcade. That, that's an interesting... Uh, yes, because you, we love that game in the arcades. Yeah. And then you play this game on the NES, and it is not the same game. It is so not the same game. But it's a very good game in its own right. Yeah, credit to... Uh, Super hard. Very difficult, very challenging game, but uh, it, it it was one of the best examples of it, like an action scroller. Uh, most of the scrollers that I was used to at the time were more deliberate, like a Mario. Uh, this was very action-based, and, uh, you know, I liked Ninjas, and I really wanted to... I didn't want to give up on the game just because I was I popped the game in, the cartridge, and I think it has, like... So in you, the boat. you were expecting the arcade? Yeah, I totally was expecting the arcade. I mm. was renting it. Uh, and I went and I saw the box like on the shelf, like when you go to a video store. You, like that you, looks different. But yeah. Okay. Like, this doesn't look like the same ninja. And you flip the, the box artwork, over. The artwork on the front of the box, I, if I'm not mistaken, is the same on the arcade cabinet. It might have been. And also, I I'm not, also I want to say that there's a cinematic scene that's very similar. Yeah. The um, to the the NES where game. where they're like running through the like the rain and they jump in front of the yeah, moon and slash. Yeah. Or there, and, and there's like a I want to say there's a scene where he's like on a boat and you it looked it looked cool and I remember yeah. it being. But aside from that, the two games could not be more different. Oh, very very different. I mean, one is like a fighter quarter you know beat em up kind of game. And then you know it's funny too because then years and years later when the first Xbox came out. They bring out another Ninja Gaiden, and it's so the different once again. again. Yeah. It's like they've rebooted that game like three times at least, and it's the same name, exact same name. They don't even like give it like a subtitle to like tell you this. Yeah. This is the this is different than that one. This is Ninja Gaiden the arcade game, Ninja Gaiden the NES game, Ninja Gaiden the Xbox yeah. game. Team Team Ninja man, they each time they they would reinvent the wheel. It's and like three totally different games. Exact same name. All very quality, all very hard. If there's one touchstone... That yeah, you know, and I, I never... You know, because I never got the original Xbox. It was uh, a tough game. It was yeah. very hard. So, I when, never beat it. When I did get an Xbox three, uh, 360, there, there was, you know, because it was backwards compatible with most 
original Xbox games. And so there was a few games that I went out and bought. Halo was one. Yeah. Uh, Halo 2 was another one. Ninja Gaiden was one. And so, because I, I, I'm like, everybody says how good of a game this is. So I, I'm going to get it. And, you know, because I was able to get it for cheap because it's old by now. Last generation. Yeah. And uh, I don't even think I beat the first board. <laughs> I, you know, and and I can't say that I focused on it a lot, but it was hard. I, you know, I tried, I played through a little bit, and it was. I think I got to like maybe the boss of the first board. I don't really remember, but I just remember just dying, and then I never played it again. So I mean, I'm sure it's an excellent game. But yeah, I you, just... you would think that they would want to at least ease you along a little bit yeah, yeah. kind of reward you from you know get through the first couple stage and then start kicking your ass but no they start <laughs> whipping your ass from the get I remember uh, our friend Jason like uh, being a big fan of the Nintendo Ninja Gaiden so one of the 3D version and you know this is modern times now with the internet I knew it was a completely reboot of the series and it was mm-hmm. completely shifted to a 3D uh, game uh, but I didn't know how hard it was going to be we, I remember we uh, started playing it, and we were just both like, man, this game is too hard. And we probably stopped playing it. We put in Halo instead. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, back to the original, uh, well, the original, arcade's the original, but the NES game, that, uh, I mean, it was just, it, it was so hard as well. It, you know, you, you would be, you're playing through this side-scroller, and you're hacking and slashing and whatever, and you you try to, like, make this jump, and a hawk will come down yeah, and like it was really good at the cheap and so, and so you'd fall into the bottomless yeah. pit and then it would send you back like so far and you'd get so frustrated. It was one of those games too where like if you inched ahead on the screen and you got hit and fell back, that enemy would instantly regenerate. Oh, and Mega Man 2 had that as well. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, but with Ninja Gaiden, yeah. at least with Mega Man Yeah, Man, so were... that was terrible because you you're like you you're so careful to like kill this enemy. So that he won't nick you, like, when you try to make this jump. But but then you've backed up a little bit to get a good running start on this jump. And you've, like... I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> you've, you've respawned this enemy now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot about that. As as tough as that game was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, they, the feel of that game and being able to jump onto ledges. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. That, yeah. that was completely unique. Yeah, yeah see that ninja jump. Mm-hmm. Uh this is a really fun game. I really yeah. enjoyed it, even even though it was hard as hell. And I don't even remember if I've ever beaten it because of that part where you get towards the end. If you die at the final boss, it resets you back to the beginning of that world. And you see that, you just want to throw your controller and just say hell with this. And, you're like, I'm not, and then you go back to it later. But you got to take a break. Uh, that's how Nintendo controllers get smashed. Yeah. So that that's like my second of my five. Definitely classic. Uh, the next thing I want to go with is uh, DuckTales. DuckTales. DuckTales was so fun. DuckTales. Uh, Disney after Another King. hard game. All the NES games were like so hard. Oh, kids nowadays, have, I mean, I know I'm going to sound old because like every generation talks about how like the, pre- the current generation <laughs> has it easier than their previous. We're talking about video games. It's funny. Uh, but yeah, they were. They were all really hard. And uh, my son is, you know, six. He's used to the current gen, and like it's, it's very forgiving. Has he played like the remastered Ducktales? 
No, he hasn't played the remastered yeah. DuckTales. He's just gotten a, a whiff of some of the uh, RetroPie versions of the emulators. <laughs> I haven't even played the remastered version of the DuckTales, other than like the demo, I think, was like the first stage. Oh, uh, it's it's good. You should, you know. That's, it looks good, and it's one of those games where like... I, but it's one of those, too, that you you got to get in that groove, because it's it, it's still hard. But then you, you know, you, you just, you stay at it for a little bit and you start learning like the ins and outs and, you know, memorizing where there's an enemy or whatever. And... I think one of the reasons I so fondly remember DuckTales is it A, it was a game that came out of nowhere. Like that was one of those games where like nobody really was on their radar. And I was in Toys R Us and they had a poster for it in the front window and I had some money to spend. But there wasn't a game out that I wanted, so I bought DuckTales. And the Disney afternoon was so big at the time. Mm, DuckTales was like huge. And even at that point, maybe Rescue Rangers was coming out or was out, but maybe not. Um, but I got DuckTales and like the whole mechanic of hopping around on the, the pogo stick, the cane, like a pogo stick was completely original, I thought. It's something you see in other games nowadays, like Shovel Knight. Yeah. Emulates it mm -hmm. very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, I mean, again, the music is so good, and Capcom games just can be so excellent when it comes to the music. Yeah, Capcom, uh, it, it, it kind of bothers me, the, the bad name that Capcom gets now because of decisions. Yeah, but, deservedly so for something. But back in the day, that yeah, I mean, Capcom had, like, all of my favorite games. Yeah, they really were one of the best, I mean... You had your Nintendo, who was your first party, but then Capcom and Konami, you could always count on. And then Konami's another present-day uh, developer that gets a lot of shit yeah. for whatever, you know, for reasons that they probably deserve. But yeah. I really enjoyed DuckTales. I thought it was a, a situation where they took a property and didn't uh, take advantage of a kid and just put out crap. And, like, it was a really fun game. And uh, I'll, I still... A lot of times, if I want to sell an emulator or you know whatever, Ducktales is one of the first games that I end up loading because it's, it's such a fun game. Um, and then if I'm going to talk about Ducktales, I got might as well go ahead and talk about Rescue Rangers. Mm. Oh, yeah, I knew this one was coming. <laughs> yes, Rescue Rangers uh, is such a funny story because it's the I've anticipation been, of I release. I Ducktales so much, and I really enjoy Rescue Rangers the TV show that I just knew that Rescue Rangers the game was going to be the end all be all best game ever and oh my god i feel so sorry for the employees of any game store within 20 miles if that oh, i mean how this. many different i mean i know like toys r us <laughs> toys r us walmart babbage's uh those were definitely the three that i would like the front was it call. like every day every day Every day. Every damn day. Phone calls every phone. day. Is Rescue Rangers out yet? Yeah, they knew. They knew. Because I had that, I had that like, squeaky voice, too, probably. They're like, ah, oh, that's that little, like, you know, squeaker kid calling in for Rescue Rangers. Damn, that game can't be this good. Um, but I, I just knew it was going to be good. You know, Nintendo Power would show the previews, and I'd get real ramped up. And uh, you just didn't know when a game was coming out. It's like you said for Mario yeah, 3. No there were no hard release dates. Just... Every game nowadays has a hard release date. But it wasn't until like Sonic 2 where they finally started. No internet. Play. No internet. And you just had EGM Game Pro, which was something you just bought. Uh, Nintendo Power. And they would just show the month. You knew it was coming out a month or sometimes mm -hmm. a season. Like just, just fall. You might see like an advertisement for like some like 
phone order. You know, you can order. A, I remember those. Yeah, and, and back in the so magazines. you would see like box art pictures, and like there's a picture of the Rescue Rangers box. And yeah. Maybe it's out. I don't know. You don't know. All you, you could you couldn't just drive up to the store and so see call. And so like, I, that's one of those games. Honestly, the game didn't disappoint me. Like when it came out, I really really enjoyed it. It had a really nice co-op to it. You could play as either Chip or Dale. Uh, or you could play together, and uh, I liked what, you could like you could hide in the box. Yeah, you could totally pick up a box, box and duck down, and it would have little eyeballs on it. You're hiding inside. The person would just run by. Yeah, you could say that the game is not one of the greatest games for the NES. Chip and Dale did it before Solid Snake. Chip and Dale did do it before Solid Snake. Uh, hiding in the box is so true. Um, but that that game really holds a special place in my heart. Just if nothing for else, it's just I, we remember that story of how yeah. I drove all the, the anticipation. The and oh my god, when I finally got my hands on that beautiful purple box, <laughs> it was great. Played it a ton of times. It's another game that I always load up one of the first games in emulators, and it's it's just a classic game. Maybe not a game that we played a whole lot together, but. In fact, yeah. you probably would have never even given, have known about it or cared about it if I hadn't have always just been like, Res- Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Yeah, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. I, I, I remember definitely playing DuckTales, like renting that. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. So that's one of my games. Uh, next is Contra. Uh, a lot of co-op games. Uh, Contra is... Up, up, right. down, down, left, right, oh, left, yeah, right, B.A. start. start, exactly. Oh, is it select? BA select star? You know, like, maybe not select. I think there's necessary. different variations. Yeah, and one is probably only necessary to actually get it to work, but I always put in the select in there just in case, I guess. I'm not really sure now which one was originally with Contra. I don't know. That code is just as legendary as the game itself. I mean, but the game is a whole lot of fun. Uh, with that, But it was a really hard game, which if it wasn't for that code, nobody would have gotten past the oh, first man. couple levels. So hard. Just bullets flying everywhere. I That's mean, like the first thing we say of every game. So hard. So, so hard. Well, so hard. the games were hard. Uh, one hit death. One hit deaths. You couldn't even touch a dude. You were dead. Like, a guy looks at you the wrong way. You're dead. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, it's just the way the games were back then. I, I remember, it, and this one wasn't with you, that there was a uh, first time I played it. It was... Another arcade port, by the way. Uh, that was originally oh, an arcade yeah, game. Yeah, it was, yeah. Pretty faithfully done for the NES. I never really game. played it in the arcades, but you're right. Yeah, it's not bad. But uh, it, it was, it was a, uh, I guess, fellow student that was on the bus that I walked home with him and and played Contra. And, so, and he would put in the code, so we had all our lives. And I just remember, you know, because he knew what was going to happen. Yeah. First time I'd ever played it. And he's so just he, dying yeah, left and right. He knows, you know, bullets are going to be flying from here, whatever, and I have no clue. And so, I, yeah, I'm just dying left and right. But, but it, you didn't care. But it was fun. And, and I, you know, I think he ended up, like, beating it because I had lost all my lives and, and, you know, died at some point. And he beat it without me by that time. And I watched the whole thing. But, and it was amazing and cool. And, you know, and then I would play it on my own later on. But yeah, classic. It was a great game. And it was Konami. Uh, Konami and Capcom, again, as good as it got when it comes to third party. Um, <clears throat> my last game is a little bit uh, lesser known, but it's Super Dodgeball, which 
uses the same art as the Double Dragon games. I remember it. I didn't really play it terribly, but what? Well, wasn't it uh, like similar to uh, River, River City, City Ransom? Ransom? Same art yes. style, yeah. yeah. Maybe more so to River City Ransom than Double Dragon, honestly. Yeah, they, they, I didn't really. They play. were like kind of uh, in that same. Well, they had to be from the same developer, but I yeah. don't know that for sure. They 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 moved similarly, and they definitely looked similar. But uh, Dodgeball is just I. There were a lot of sports games that I was going to put on this list that I considered, but I didn't want to like you know put you out to sleep. At least you know you playing some Super Dodgeball. But uh, yeah, I have played it, <laughs> I, but I think it was only because like on vacation at relatives' house and they had it or something like that. You know how? Yeah, it was. I mean, every kid likes dodgeball, and it was such an exaggerated game. Uh, you know, it was usually like three guys on three guys, and each player had like a special move. Whether it be like a supersonic football or a, you know a move where it would the ball would kind of unpredictably go all over the screen and it would hit the other player and it was like double dragon in the sense that the physics were so brutal like they would just go flying off the screen it was so satisfying to to hit another player with these dodgeballs similar to real life it's really it's really satisfying to hit another kid with a dodgeball that makes that sound. Um, but Super Dodgeball was one of those games that, uh, once again, whenever whenever it comes out on Virtual Console or if it's I'm firing up an emulator for the first time, it's one of those games that I've always played, even if it's just for a few matches. Yeah, it, it it is definitively one of my top ten games, and you know it. I don't have a whole lot of great anecdotes as far as the game goes, but I have played the game a lot, and it's a really fun game and. If you've never played it, I totally recommend it. And I think there's been some updated versions of the game come out, like for Game Boy Advance. I think they did a Super Dodgeball game. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I remember that. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't lie. I would only lie about beating Mega Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, that that's our top ten. A lot of those games, I think, well, for sure, your games are all on the NES Classic. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in the comments, let us know, you know what your top 10 yeah, your NES games are. Did we leave a game out? Yeah, and, and, but and, and keep, you know, this list for NES, you know, maybe we'll do, you know, like Super NES or Genesis I or something. I definitely see us doing on. an updated list uh, for other systems. Yeah, so this was specifically NES games. Yeah, just for NES. Uh, it's it, I think it's topical because of the, the popularity of the NES Classic. Uh, not, even though like not everybody got their hands on one, some people got a lot of them. <laughs> but uh, it it just I, goes to show I did not, but it's such know. a great system, and uh, so I just wanted to go and talk about that. But that that's pretty much our show that we have. Uh, thanks for you know watching, sticking with us. We uh, we've we've gone over a lot of things. Yeah. Our first episode, uh, we we talked probably more than we thought we were going to go. Thought, well, we'll uh, probably uh, go. What did you say? Like 15, 20, 30 yeah, minutes? Yeah, well, yeah, I thought this was going to be five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we yeah. just kind of chat. What, you know, here's a game. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, done. Have a nice day. Oh, good hey. to see you, sir. And we'll, we'll do this again sometime. But, uh, yeah, we've gone on some, some tangents, some uh, talked about a few things I didn't think we were going to talk about. But that's just what we're going to be doing on this channel. It's we're going to be talking about geek stuff. You know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, just...
thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, the next time we get together, we'll probably, you know, uh, maybe we'll do a top 10 again for, like, say, 16-bit NES. Or we could just include all of the 16-bit. Throw Genesis in there, too. Because you can't really talk Super Nintendo and 16-bit without talking about the Genesis. Yeah, but, or, like, just arcade game for the era. Dragon's Lair. Yeah, or you can uh, say in the comments, is there anything that you'd like us to go over? Do you have like a topic or list that you'd like us to? I mean, we we go way back. I mean, we could throw an Atari twenty six hundred list together. Street Fighter Two. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the top top five Atari twenty six hundred games, or the top five worst games of all time, or something like that. <laughs> People really like to bitch and whine about stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the perfect forum for. You know, like, oh, man, it's boring to hear what people really like. Let's hear what people really dislike. And uh, maybe that RoboCop game could find its way on that list. <laughs> I don't know about you, but how many horrible games you've been saddled with. Yeah, and they undoubtedly have played my share, but, you know, I can't even, like, think of what they may be at this point. There were some really bad TurboGrafx-16 games I bought <laughs> just because I was trying to keep that system alive. I was really a big cheerleader for that TurboGrafx-16. Well, you know, I got the 3DO <laughs> yep, for, the sole reason, for the sole reason it had Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Yeah, Street Fighter was... If we were to do, like, an all-time five... Yeah, that, that particular version is on other systems now, but at the time... It was the only console that version of Street Fighter was on. Yeah, that's that's dedication right there, man, to, to get your hands on a version of Street Fighter that you could play on Super Nintendo, but not that version of, of Street Fighter. And I, that was not a bad system. Well, no, I mean, it, it introduced Gex, you know, and he moved on to PlayStation and whatever, and, and you know, I don't think the future games were that great, but... It if was... you want to know more about Gex, just leave the comments. <laughs> we'll do a series on Gex. It was a good little game at the time, you know. Yeah, it was It was the mascot era, what can I say? <laughs> All right, well, uh, next week we'll be back, hopefully, maybe. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Take it easy. This was Big Geek, Episode 1, and we'll see you later.